Musings podcast now arriving for a complete trip around Walt Disney Animation Studios. But... <laughs> How's that for an intro? That's one hell of an intro. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode of Animusings. Uh, I am here, David King, your host with the most and apparently a c- conductor. On the Music Railroad. Hello, I am your other host, Kayla Berry, and we actually have a guest. Oh my god. Whoa. 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 Oh, crap. Andrew from Benview Network, what are you doing here? I I just appeared. It was like (laughs) magic. It was like, okay, well, here's the thing. I I looked out last night, right, Kayla? And I saw this big star in the sky. It's like, (laughs) starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight, etc., etc. And then I said, I wish we had a guest for this podcast. And then, a, and then Andrew appeared, but he had, he had like a, a blue dress on and big, big fairy wings. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he said, I'll be part of it. And I said, cool, but just take that costume off. It's really distracting. It's a costume. I mean, of course. <laughs> so we fairy ex machina uh, Andrew in here. And um, I like that that's the term. Fairy ex machina. Yeah. That's what... That is going to be the term that's going to pop up quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we just got done watching uh, the second Walt Disney Studios animated feature, uh, Pinocchio. All right. Uh, yeah, you want me to give some facts? Unless Andrew wants to give some I don't have facts. Okay. I have thoughts and feelings. <laughs> I, we all have thoughts and feelings, I, I hope. I, wanna, I know there's like a lot of directors on this one. That's, that's the fun Yeah, I, I'm, I mean... Uh, I wasn't going to bring up the directors, but I totally can. Is it one of them, Teehee? We saw yeah, it in the <laughs> Initial T. T. Yeah, actually one of the directors is T.H.E.E. And I'm like, oh god, someone did that on purpose. Uh, so the movie came out in 1940. Um, and I, here's some fun facts. It's, uh, first off, the first time a film won an Academy Award for both its score and one of its songs. So, And of course, guess which song it is. Uh, it was, uh, an actor's life for me. Oh, God. Clearly. Uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the industry wasn't that meta yet. No. Uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. Oh, I That classic, David, of I, course. I couldn't have guessed that. I'm, I'm musically illiterate. And funny enough, this is, uh, this won't happen again until 1964, uh, when Mary Poppins. Uh, Mary Poppins would be the next one to get it? Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, now here's the funny thing about this film. This film, like this specific animated film, is considered not just a classic to like the Disney canon, but it's a favorite among many. Like it's on Roger Ebert's great movie list. It's one of Terry Gilliam's faves. It's Carol Burnett's favorite Disney film. And then not only that, it's ranked number two on the American Films Institute list of the top ten greatest films in the genre, animation, and also it's ranked number 38 on the American Film Institute's list of the 
100 most inspiring films of all time mm. and is the only only animated film to appear on that list. Wow. That's impressive. And as I mentioned before, um, I, I think I mentioned this in the last uh, episode, I interviewed with the development um, uh, uh, development executive of DreamWorks and he asked me what my favorite Disney film is or what my favorite film was and I'm like, Oh, crap. Uh, what do I say? And then he admitted to me his favorite animated film of all time was Pinocchio. Oh. Yeah, so I felt much better. I hear a lot of people mention that. Actually, Andrew, when we mentioned we wanted to have you on an episode, you were like, Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah. I love Pinocchio. Like, I can't help it. Would you say it's one of your favorites, if not your favorite? Uh, yeah, it's it's really up there, but and and of course now that we've watched it immediately before recording, it's like it's funny all the stuff that you forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the thing, you know, of course, what stood out to me and what made this movie one of my favorites throughout the years was, of course, the character Jiminy Cricket. Oh yes, that's he's been my favorite Disney character for years and years and years and years. And so that that kind of makes this de facto like my favorite animated feature out of Disney. Oh yes. man, and it kind of like reestablishes why Jiminy is your favorite character, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see him doing what he does in without being taken out of his original context. Yeah, and it's like, well, this is why people fell in love with the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, do you know the format of the show or understand what the format is? Well, I did listen to the first episode, but that was a while ago. Okay. I got to listen before the normal people <laughs> got to listen to. You did. The privilege yeah. of being oh, a that... venue executive. <laughs> uh, so. Um, what we do is usually we go through the whole movie, like, um, scene by scene, mm. like, basically give a summary and then stop and then talk about each scene. Okay. And then, right. what, and then, what, since this is only a monthly podcast, we're going to milk this part for all it's worth, just oh, so yeah. to make up for lost time. Because, uh, we, you were showing me recently, Kayla, the list of movies we have to get through, and I'm looking at certain movies I'm really excited to get to, I'm like, we're not getting to that until, like, 2021 or I something know. like that at this rate. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm thinking to myself, either we need to speed this up or we just continue to take our time and just, like, lovingly talk about every facet of the movie that we enjoy. So. I agree. And I also got some facts to spout out throughout the movie, and um, I'll bring them up as we uh, talk about it. In Sounds full. good. <laughs> so, uh, actually, funny thing you mentioned, Jiminy Cricket. He's the first one to appear in the film. Yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of like almost a framing device, but not really. He's like telling the story of how he became... You know, a conscience. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to talk about the commercial that we saw? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I, I had brought my Platinum Edition DVD. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. Released yes. probably 10 years ago. I can't remember <laughs> when its Platinum was. But um, it starts with a warning about secondhand smoke. <laughs> and they're using clips from the film where all the characters smoke. Every single character in this film smokes. There is not one character that does not put a pipe or cigar to their lips in this film. There's a part where the goldfish coughs up uh, smoke rings because a fire got put out at her fishbowl. Yeah. And she's yeah. like... <coughs> I don't think... Insane. Does Figaro not smoke, though? I don't think he... Oh, maybe Figaro's the only one. Yeah. Figaro, Figaro's the only one who will, who will not get cancer. But most of them... smoke. Almost, almost every single one, Yeah. That's nuts. I know. That's, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> but Pinocchio by itself is a movie, though. I think we could talk about this as we go on. It, it does have a pretty strong anti-smoking message, well, it's, though. Yeah, it's not just anti-smoking. It's anti-gambling, like drinking. It has, yeah. it has a lot to say. Anti-damaging about... public property. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's funny that the DVD would start with this. It's like um, there was, uh, I remember seeing an image of, I never actually saw what DVD it was from, uh, but I believe it was a 
Donald Duck cartoon or something where it started it started with a warning where it said like there are certain you know uh, racial characters in this cartoon that uh, were bad at the time and are bad now and and we're just gonna let it go as is but be you know be warned that you're gonna see these things yeah yeah, yeah. be aware this is a product of its time yeah 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 I've seen those before yeah. Um, I mean, it's like the, the the Donald Duck like World War II cartoons, right? And Bugs Bunny and all the rest. Oh yeah, 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 really... yeah. All the well, Warner Brothers, especially. Oh yeah, is, you know. And basically, it's like we're we're not going to deny it for the genius that it is, because there is like I mean, Tom well, and Jerry I mean, is yeah. genius, etc., uh, etc. Et but we have to understand it is a product of its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people are making that argument about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean right now as we record this. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, they're right. talking about changing the auction scene, uh-huh. and uh, that's a whole other thing, and I'm sure we all have our thoughts on that, but we're here to talk about Pinocchio. Yeah. So Okay, so back to opening scene, Jimmy Cricket scene sings the classic song. This, this so much is the theme song of Disney. Yeah. This is Disney's theme song. I know Walt's favorite di- song personally was feed the birds yes but n- oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah he I like, um i like that yeah yeah um yeah one of the things that he would do with um the sherman brothers is like uh every once in a while they'd be in a meeting and then all of a sudden he would like um play it and i and, <laughs> i'm walt play, play that song <laughs> and they know and they knew immediately to play feed the birds Aww. yeah that's cool that's what it's all about yeah and he that's what he would well, say that's anyway, anyway, well, 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 I'm gonna work on my Walt Disney impression. There's, there was a good ten, ten year or so period where the "When You Wish Upon a Star" was like their fireworks song. It, oh yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, if it's not still, I haven't been to Disneyland in quite a while. But same, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, even think about it. Like when you walk through the the castle into Fantasyland, you hear "When You Wish Upon a Star" playing. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. Or, or, you, or you think about, like... Um, Plus, it's their first Academy Award-winning song, too. True. And, uh, for that matter, every time you see a Disney movie open, it opens with... da 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 yeah. Or at least it, they used to open. <laughs> yeah. Used to that, yeah. That, was my, that was my favorite. That's a good uh, noise, yeah. Wee! <laughs> um, so, uh, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, so, Jimmy Cricket actually is played by an actor named Cliff. Uh, Edwards, who actually was, uh, he, he went by the nickname Ukulele Ike, and was actually a popular figure there, during that time. And, really? Huh. Uh, I think I, I was telling you guys this early, earlier. Uh, he was the one who actually originated the song Singing in the Ring. Like, he was the original singer for it. Oh. So, yeah, he, it, he sang it before uh, Gene Kelly did. Hmm. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did. It's no, I mean, I got to look up his his, his version, version of yeah. it. Oh, yeah, in the yeah. Rain. Really oh, yeah, you know. Hearing, hearing Jiminy Cricket sing Singing in the Rain is <laughs> kind of a neat idea to me. Would he, uh, Do you know if he would go on to continue playing Jiminy and all the other, like, things I, that had him? I don't know, actually. Um, I mean... Because, he... like, Jiminy, Jiminy proved to be a very popular character, and he would go on to be in a lot fun of... Fun and Fancy Fun free. and Fancy yeah. Free, yeah. or... I, I, I could look that up. Is that the only other one he was a host of? There was something else he was... I can't remember the name of it. Right there was, like... Well, we're going to get to them eventually. We're going to have to do Fun and Fancy Free at some point. Yeah, we are. So if I see it, I, I can bring that up. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the, the future impact of Jiminy Cricket, yeah. I guess. And I know, um, I remember reading that that, uh, the, um, what was it, that, that actor, he, um, 
He was the singing voice for the uh, the lead crow in uh, Dumbo. He was? Yeah, I remember reading that somewhere. I, I'm not 100% on that. I'll but, uh, check into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll be interesting when we get to Dumbo, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, you get this framing device where he's singing the song, and you get the nice woodcut. Like, uh, Snow White opened with... The, a book. The book. This one also opens with a book, but this book is animated. Yes. And uh, right off the bat, you got, I noticed it, some eerie foreshadowing because he's sitting there with Pinocchio singing the song. And off to the side, there's two other books, but the well, spines are labeled Peter Pan and, and Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah. And I'm like, those actually didn't come until around the, the 50s, I think, right? Yeah, those were later on. Those were like like early 50s, I want to say. I. Uh, I think maybe, uh, later fifties. We I I don't remember because I'm I, I'm just thinking to myself, what if wouldn't it be amazing if they opened those movies and Jiminy's still there? He's like, well, let's look at this book now, <laughs> and then he opened them and we went into Alice in Wonderland or we he's went like, into Peter Pan. He's like, I wasn't there, but yeah, I'll read it to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know who really needed a conscience? That Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little brat. <laughs> <laughs> So, J- <laughs> J- Jimmy's Jimmy, like, there was a fairy in that one too. Oh boy, <laughs> Jimmy, calm down. Seriously, okay, Jiminy. so, okay, so when we get into it, uh, Jimmy's basically telling his story. Uh, the framing device is this is in the future, and Jimmy's like, "Let me tell you about Pinocchio." And then he, let me tell you how I got where I am today, and why I believe that wishing upon a star really does make your dreams come true. <laughs> you know, like yeah. And it begins with him basically looking like a hobo in the he, best. Outfit imagine. It's so I love Jimmy and Rags. It, yeah. His hat's busted. His all of his clothes are busted. They, mm-hmm. He's got patches and holes, and he's got a he's got a floral print print carpet bag yeah. with him, mm-hmm. which is great. I really love the transition from the book into the scene because it pans up from Jiminy up to the uh, book page with the the village and the stars. And the stars light up, and then the camera pans down thanks to the multi pane camera. Yeah, and then it and sh- we we see this beautiful night in this village and it goes to Geppetto's shop and then the camera hops toward the shop in Jiminy view. That's incredible animation. And right off the bat I'm thinking to myself they've already moved like literal literally leaps and bounds Mm -hmm. ahead of Snow White in terms of what they're able to do with animation. Yeah. And I mean don't get me wrong I think Snow White is exquisitely animated but this you can there's a there's this it, it really pops with how like fluid it looks at times. Oh, I'm yeah. really impressed with how it leaps to the shop window and then you see through the shop window into the Geppetto's toy shop. So. Yeah, it looks good. It does. It does. <laughs> but and there's a lot of detail in the shop. There yeah. is. So, um, uh, of course, Jiminy sneaks in and he's like, ooh, a warm fire and we get our first butt joke. <laughs> yeah. This, oh, my God. He, he kind of, he grabs a coal over and bends over and, and he says, I got to warm my self. <laughs> As I stood there warming my myself I, yeah. <laughs> and he's you know he's just sticking his, his he's got his hands above his his caster and he's warming it against the coal. I noticed um I noticed this pretty early on, and I actually mental note that one of the first things you see in detail as he's hopping across the shop is in the like the bottom of what I think is a stool or a table. There's a face carved into the wood, like deliberately. And I thought to myself uh, earlier in the credits, we saw Cla- Claude Coates once again as a background credit in this, and I thought to myself, he probably loved doing this, yeah, because he he loves working these intricate little details into the backgrounds. And I mean, think about the the haunted mansion again yeah. at Disneyland. He was a background artist. He was the set design basically for that one. So oh, 
there is no doubt with this. I will bring up the haunted mansion in <laughs> any of course, of any yes, opportunity, of course. But Pirates of the Caribbean too. He also did Pirates of the Caribbean. So. But like, definitely with Pinocchio's like Geppetto's shop, so much detail. Mm. I mean, they they pretty much make a whole scene out of looking at every single cuckoo clock that Geppetto has carved and giving them their due, and every single other little bit that he's carved, uh, including Pinocchio. Right. Like, Geppetto has carved Pinocchio, and he's... That's kind of our introduction to Pinocchio, is before he's even finished. Right, he doesn't even have his mouth yet. Yeah. And uh, here's Jiminy being like, oh, cute little fella, you know, like, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Geppetto hasn't even come into the scene yet. We're just seeing all these amazing things he's built. Um, and then Geppetto comes in. Uh, We're introduced to Geppetto and, uh, and Figaro. Yeah. So I do have facts here, and I've been wanting to hide this for a while. So. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So, uh, well, first off, um, the animators had a difficult time choosing how to animate Geppetto, so they just modeled him after his voice actor, uh, Christian Rubb. So, okay, fun fact there. Then, uh... <laughs> I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. So, um, despite uh, casting Christian Rubb's role as the voice of Geppetto, it turns out Christian Rubb uh, was a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, no. And he drove the animation crew crazy with his ramblings about the glories of Adolf Hitler. No! Yes! Oh, yes. my God. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> That's not, that's not great. Yeah, so, like, all the time, like, if you hear me, like, giggling throughout the whole movie, I was like, wondering what that was. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That just made it ten times better, didn't it? Pinocchio, I have to give you as a gift to the Fuhrer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, at some point, you guys were trying to figure out what time period that this, you know, movie takes place, because... It gets a little goofy later on with, the, it's, there's no, you know, they're using horsepower, but then there's also a steamboat and then a Ferris wheel, so it yeah. gets, later on it gets really goofy, but it's, oh man, it was. It's, it's a little, you know, it's a little anachronistic, I'll give it that, but, yeah. but also this is a world where there is a, uh, at one point later on is introduced a, a talking fox man yeah. and a cat Well, person. there's just like weird magical elements all throughout, I mean, this is like the truest vision of like a fable setting. Yeah. That's true. Oh where, yeah. Where, you know, people and animals can interact in ways that don't make any sense at all, and people can change into animals and back into people, and have There's not really an explanation uh, given. Weird no one monkey really, servants. And no one really questions oh, God. it. No one really questions it either. Yeah. Um, but well, here, I mean, uh, I think you brought it up, like, you were like, uh, what town did they describe it as? And then, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was curious because uh, when uh, Jiminy's telling the story, he says, in my travels, I came across this little town. I'm like, where is Jiminy coming and going from? <laughs> That's where is, I mean, what does the rest of his life consist of that he's just kind of traveling about he's, he's a he's a I, he's a traveling cricket That's i want to i want to know what i want to know like a prequel oh my gosh a prequel to pinocchio on jiminy cricket's travels Lord, i was I mean, born a rambling I, cricket that's what i want my, yes the whole life i've wanted <laughs> well i'd pitch it okay if, if we do it today i'd pitch it as like a jiminy cricket action story and oh. i think yeah just like a real action movie but it's a jiminy i don't know i feel like there's something there uh, there's, there's no, I think it appeals the, the like the misadventures of Jiminy Cricket yeah. prior to him becoming Pinocchio's conscience. Well, especially because I I'm very uh, interested uh, watching this movie. the The structure of this whole movie is 
kind of insane to me. Yeah. Because Pinocchio is our main character, but we open with Jiminy, and Jiminy kind of gives us the theme of the story before we get to Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, like the whole. It takes forever to get to Pinocchio. That is actually true. <laughs> so they needed to put Jiminy up front to kind of like front load this movie with like, this is what the movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then they then they kind of like tell it through his lens. Well, That's the, true. Well, the idea, because I've told you this before, usually a smart way of storytelling is to get an outsider's perspective and then they, as they figure out what's going on, then... The audience does, and Jimmy Cricket is that outsider. You know, every you know he breaks the fourth wall so often in this movie. Like, there's points where he just looks straight at the camera, or he'll make a snarky yeah. comment. Well, I mean, he's telling a story, right? So you kind but of he have to but he does it he does it in, in the story, the story right. which is great. So he's which is like, almost a modern form of storytelling. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, As, especially for 1940 mm. when um we we I mean uh the um I forget which phase it is, but it's like um when every I think it's a um, a form modernism, I think, is what it's called, but that doesn't happen until like 1960s when yeah. people try to change over the tropes. Ooh. So, yeah, interestingly enough, mm. um, I have another fact since we brought up Figaro. Uh, Figaro <laughs> was actually Walt Disney's favorite character. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and he wanted that cat to appear as in appear in the film as much as possible. So, if you see, Fig- he really did. We do see a lot of Figaro. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of interesting, because I kind of remember growing up, the whole, you know, the rumors on the playground is like, oh, uh, Walt Disney hated cats. That's why, like, they're always the villains or whatever. It's like, dogs were the stars. No? I, I, I don't know. Maybe People, I... People, I think they're thinking of, like, Cinderella, you know? Yeah, like... Yeah. And, well, and the... I don't know, some of the... There's some other cat villains throughout the years. I mean, that's true. Well, um, well here's the funny part. Uh, originally, Minnie Mouse had a Cocker Spaniel, and oh. then uh, after this movie... Uh, uh, the Cocker Spaniel was swapped with Figaro. And you, oh, have, yeah. you, have you noticed, like, Minnie Mouse always had Figaro as her cat? Oh, that's true. That's because... She well, just she just straight up stole him from Geppetto. Yeah. One day this this, this weird giant mouse came in and, and took... and took. That's mine! <laughs> <laughs> Geppetto's like, don't hurt me. <laughs> she She's like, I know your secret. I know how you feel about Hitler. And she oh, just took... No. With that blackmail, she oh, took the cat... No. And left. Oh. <laughs> Let's not sully Geppetto. Please. Okay, Geppetto. Geppetto is not. No, I'm sorry. His voice actor. His is. voice actor. That's that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, but Geppetto. Geppetto himself is a delightful old man. He he's he's very energetic. Yes, yes. he is. He's very spry. And I it, noticed it's, this. It's kind of interesting how we really don't get a lot of information on Geppetto here. We don't really. Uh, like, I feel like audiences bring to the table that he's like, oh, he, you know, he never had kids or... Had a know, wife. Had or... a wife or, oh, he wished he always had a boy and that kind of thing. Right. Well, you kind of infer that just because you see him in this toy shop and he's built all these things, but you think if he had a kid, he'd just give toys to his kid. But no, he gives toys to everybody else. He lives He lives in the toy shop. Yeah. So he lives alone, except... And the only companionship he has is, is the cat... It's Figaro and, and Cleo the goldfish. I find it cute that he calls Cleo his water baby. Oh, that is right. so adorable. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we actually, it's not long into this, he paints the smile on uh, Pinocchio. And meanwhile, Jiminy is observing this. We get another butt joke where he kind of leans over to rest against something. And it's a it's a um, figure, Car- it's like yeah. a figure, carved figurine of a woman with a huge uh, bustle. Mm-hmm. And he's got his hand right on the bustle. And he looks over and goes, oh, Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is actually one of the points where you realize Jimmy's kind of a horn dog. Oh yeah, we start we start to get hints of that for sure. Like yeah. he he kind of like mm, uh. Jiminy's a different kind of old man than Jim. Er, no, <laughs> 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 
like, really? <laughs> That's true, actually. Uh, so, uh, we continue. He makes Pinocchio, uh, and plays with him, and is like, look at this thing! And, uh... Little wooden head, go play your part. <laughs> like a little joy. You get that, sir? That's the second song of the movie. It's the little wooden head. Yeah. I almost don't count it as a song. Yeah, yeah. there's not much to it. <clears throat> um, but... I really love how he, 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 when he wants to do anything, he's all, music professor, and he activates that one uh, music box. Yeah. And there's this great bit where Jiminy's trying to hide while he's playing with the puppet, so he jumps onto the music box and starts going, rah, da, 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 and yeah, he does like his a, umbrella as a, <laughs> like a fake trombone or something. And he, he does automatic movements, like he lifts his hat off, and then when he, as soon as he puts it down, he puffs out his umbrella, and he's like, eh, eh. It's it's pretty it's pretty cute. It's it a pretty charming cute. scene. I did I wanted to mention specifically some of the clocks on the wall. Oh yeah. Oh there was my some that really God. caught me uh, by surprise. Yes. Well, that's great cuz that that comes in immediately after this. Yeah, the turkey clock? Yes. The, it's like the tur- so we got a turkey being about to be chopped. It beheaded. Beheaded, so thank you. So that they could, you know, cook it. But the first of all, the the way it's animated no wooden clock could do what this turkey head is doing. No. It's like wiggling like a worm. Yeah. Uh, but then the other thing is like, how brutal is it that this is the clock that you'd want to build? It's like, that's kind of, but, but then it gets worse and worse. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think a little worse than that is the drunkard clock. Yeah. It, there's a drunk man that comes out. Comes out and he has like a, a stein of beer and it's kind of spinning in his hand. Yeah. He's got access oh, for eyes. I'm sorry. Yeah. The ending one where the kid or the woman, oh, the, yeah, the kid's being spanked by his mom. Butt joke. That's another butt joke. Another butt, butt joke. joke. Another, and we're up to three carved, butt jokes. Carved wooden butt. Very visible in the scene. We're up to, yeah, that's true. On a, on a, yeah. So, but the, the thing, the, the funny thing about the drunkard clock that gets me is as he pops out, he hiccups the hour. He's like, eh, what? Oh yeah. What? Uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I like. I feel like Disney used to be more brutal. Like this is brutal. Like, oh, oh yeah. it is. Like if you think of like a modern, like even modern Disney films, they're very like sanitized. Yeah, not, yeah. There's nothing like too scary or too like bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um. It's it's interesting because like yeah, this this movie has several moments like that, which of course we will bring up, touch yeah. on. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard not to get too far ahead of myself. No, yeah. same here. Movie, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but I mean, we can continue like, uh, so, so yeah, Geppetto is uh, about to go to sleep. He makes a wish upon a star and his wish is for Pinocchio to become a real boy. First, he forces Figaro to open the window after Figaro has gotten into bed, which I, I always <laughs> thought that part was like, kind of funny. Oh yeah. Cause he's like smoking his pipe and he's like, uh, go open the window. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know the full cultural, uh, you know. Uh, ramifications of what's going on there, but I assume it's it's something to help him sleep. Probably, yeah. I, I'm not going to guess what's a little, in that a little yeah. a little nightcap. Yeah, <laughs> a nightcap, if you will. It's a little. Oh, this helps me rest my bones. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jiminy, meanwhile, has like settled in to like the crook of a violin mm-hmm. to go to sleep for the night. He's got his jacket bunched behind his head. But yeah, um, he makes the wish on the star. Uh, wishes for Pinocchio to be a real boy, and like. What a strange wish to suddenly make out of the blue. That's not exactly the first thing I would think of. Oh, can I just address, and I forgot to mention this, that he's he he's playing with Figaro and 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 Cleo with Pinocchio earlier during the little wooden head bit. And he he's like, say hello to Figaro. And he he's like getting Pinocchio. He, he puppets the Pinocchio puppet to like pet Figaro. And then he makes the puppet kick Figaro's butt. 
and then he like butt joke number. Is it is it a butt is that a butt joke? When it, is it a butt joke? We'll start counting them all. Okay, yeah, well, so, so that's most anything that's, involving a butt. Anything involving a butt. That's five. Very deliberately. And then he, yeah, okay. So then he, and then he also like chases Figaro, like kind of makes the puppet like crawl after Figaro, and then boo, like that. I'm like, why are you being? Why are you making the puppet be so mean to the cat? Like that's gonna establish an antagonistic relationship for them later on. Even though Pinocchio himself was not cognizant of the fact that he was being made to essentially abuse a cat. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah, it was really weird to me, like watching it. Well, and also, I thought it was very strange. Both Figaro and Cleo d- did not like the name Pinocchio. No, they yeah. don't. kind of presents it to them and says, oh, how about, I'm going to name him Pinocchio. And uh, they do not like it. Nope. And they're, they're not. like, well, too bad. I'm naming yeah. him Pinocchio so, yeah, anyway. He's my, he's my puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I'm his father. I'll name him whatever I want. I named yeah. you and I named you. <laughs> so. I, I should be allowed to name this this random inanimate object. They that... end with O. Figaro, Cleo, Cleo Pinocchio. Geppetto. Geppetto. Gimino. Signor Portricchio. Stromboleo. Stromboleo. Um, um, okay, so they're, they're... Super Mario. They're asleep in bed. There's this weird gag where everything's noisy, and... Uh, oh, yeah, that doesn't last long, but it felt like that bit from Snow White where the dwarves are all sleeping in weird places, except in this case, it's Jiminy trying to sleep, and all the clocks are ticking, and, and it's driving him crazy. And then finally he says, he yells, quiet, and then they all just suddenly stop. Geppetto has the worst snore imaginable. And then... <laughs> and then they meet, like, not even a second later, all of a sudden, Blue Fairy comes in. Yeah. Uh, the, I... The, go the ahead. Blue Fairy is is really something. I I don't know. I think I really noticed it this time. But I think I've noticed it before. It's, her appearance is is so, like, starkly different. From the other, like, human characters. I know she's a fairy, but she appears, you know, in a humanoid form. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she almost looks more real. Well, there's a reason for that. You're going to actually find this fascinating. Yeah, I bet I will. (laughs) So I got another fact. Um, The actress, her name is uh, Evelyn Venable. And she was also the model and voice of the Blue Fairy. But not only that... She's the model for the original Columbia Studios logo. So that woman. Oh, oh yeah, really? Yeah, that's her. When you wish upon a star, Columbia appears. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's why. Uh, that's probably oh. why. Like she actually is a model. So yeah, that's re- that's really interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that makes that makes sense. So they. But yeah, she she also appears. I mean, uh, the blue fairy appears also translucent. Mm-hmm. Which I I mean I I bet that was kind of a feat at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's animation-wise. Yeah, it, it was. That was like, uh, I, I think I read somewhere that was not done before in animation. I noticed some parts of her are translucent and other parts aren't. Like, I noticed it's more like in her dress, but only in certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. And then she sparkles pretty good. Her wings are very similar, but her her face and hair, while luminescent, I didn't see as transparent. That, that might have been more for a practical reason, though. Yeah. Yeah. So you could actually see see those parts of her that are really important. Mm. You know, you there's parts where you get good close-ups of her face, and you're just like, oh, look at that. Look how exquisitely animated that face is. Mm. Yeah. So the, the blue fairy, and, and then she, like, 
she does grant the wish, but not all the way. Like it was, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, you know, the genie from the bottle. It's like, oh, I'm going to grant you wish. <laughs> not really. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of like puts it. It's, it's kind of like she puts the onus on Pinocchio. It's yeah. like you're a real boy, kind of. Just do these three things, and you'll you'll finish it up. Like it'll be more, or, it, like but, it'll be more interesting. But if then I it was the same thing with Jiminy too. Oh, that's true. You know, interestingly enough, though, uh, the Blue Fairy gives a reason she shows up. She looks at Geppetto while he's asleep. It says, good Geppetto, you've always been so kind to others, probably. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's good. Like, you know, here's this lonely man who's who has a very sim- simple wish. Simple. Simple. He just, wants his pup- he just wants his puppet to be real, to be his, like, son. Yeah. And she's like, well, generosity... And kindness are good things. You bring joy to people, so I'm going to give you this. But for some reason, I'm not going to give you the entire wish. Yeah. I'm going to challenge your son to actually become... I, we don't know what the the fairy rules are. Well, yeah, and I, I think um, it's kind of funny from like movie to movie how kind of the rules change in Disney films from what, like, what what do these fairies do? Where do they come from? What do they want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why can they give what they give? If you say, I don't believe in fairies around the blue fairy, will she fall down dead? Oh, God. Yeah. And it's like, if she gets old enough, does she become a fairy godmother? Like, well, <laughs> like is she going to become... Is I... the blue fairy the fairy godmother? I was going to say that. From... I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to make everything a world's connected kind of thing, oh, but it's no. just... Uh, I'm always fascinated by like the way that magic appears in like stories. The way, yeah. What are the rules behind it? And in a lot of Disney movies, it's kind of like there are no rules; like it just happens. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they change the way the magic works in the different movies too. Yeah, like yeah. you think about the way magic. Like we've only got two movies at, at chronologically now at the, at this juncture yeah. where we've had magic. There's this one, and then before it we had Snow White, mm-hmm. where the only magic that was really there was black magic. Uh, from the the Wicked Queen, mm-hmm. and um, so it's kind of nice. Is, I, is this the first time we've really seen magic used for good in this so far? Um, in this movie? In this? No, I mean in in Disney movies. This is Disney. chronologically. There, we well, saw magic used for evil. This is the first instance we see good magic. I feel. I would say so. I mean, there. I mean, the only magic that was used in Snow White was done by the Queen, right? Um, so I don't know it's just it's just dawned on me like literally just now that that here here's the blue fairy to sh- sort of give our counterpoint you saw black magic all in there here's good wishes being granted and yeah. that's the only magic that really happens in the well no 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 i don't know no, if that's no, magic that's... i don't know what that is oh yeah. later on in the movie we'll, it's we'll, something we'll, we'll discuss that it's We've... certainly something is it's what it is something. yeah <laughs> so so uh, Pinocchio comes to life, and he's naturally naive. Well, the, yes. the, I I I want to make sure that we know the Blue Fairy says that if you prove to be brave, truthful, and unselfish, then you will become a real boy. Yeah. Okay. Which I find hilarious. It's like yes, because all real boys are faithful, true, honest. And <laughs> yeah, I think we should check in uh, when we're ending this discussion, and we'll see if we all agree that he has accomplished those three things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so remember, keep, it's like the Triforce of real boyness. <laughs> yeah, of real brave, boyness. Brave, truthful, and unselfish. How many parts of the Triforce does Pinocchio get? <laughs> so... Uh, so Pinocchio comes to life, and she's trying to say, you have to know the difference between right and wrong, and he's just like, what? Because he's just right, been born. Looks at his right hand and wrong. Looks at his left hand. Left hands are traditionally known as the wrong hand. Sorry, left-handed people. I love you guys so much. 
We love all left hands and all left-handed people on this podcast. <laughs> but I do like, this is the part in the movie where Jiminy has been keeping, like, either between pretty quiet and just, like, he doesn't want to get involved with Geppetto's life. Because he wants, he just wants a roof over his head for the night, and then he'll move on the next day. He's a exactly. But then when <laughs> the Blue Fairy is, like, describing this to Pinocchio, Pinocchio's like, what? What's that? <laughs> Jiminy can't keep quiet anymore. Yeah. He hops down, and he's like, like, this is what's wrong with kids today. <laughs> they don't know the difference between right and wrong. And the Blue Damn millennials. Like, hey, do you want to be a conscience? And he's like, what? <laughs> and then she she bats her big, her big, her big beautiful lashes at him. He's just like, mm, well. Uh, he literally gets yeah. hot under the collar. I noticed <laughs> the first thing he says when the blue fairy appears in the room, I remember this, he says, as I live and breathe, a fairy, mm, mm. <laughs> He is a, he is such a horn dog. Oh yeah. my god! He is such a horn dog. So it, it and it happens later, and it we'll, does. It happens more than once. It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get more into it. Oh yeah. Okay, so, we got to keep going. I know. No, I know. So Jiminy, when he's describing uh, the the essence of what a conscious does, it's to avoid temptation. Yeah. Right. Um, and he he do, he does. He really he does. does he does his song. He really doesn't want. Uh, Pinocchio to listen to the Temptations. Yeah. He doesn't think they're very good, apparently, which is and, very rude. And he said he'll be there for him. And uh, then the song comes, "Give a Little Whistle." I love that song. I know it's a, it's it a is, good song. It's a really catchy song. It's a good little song. I like it. Um, and uh, you know, there's uh, there's there's some great moments in that song where Jiminy. You know what? It, compared to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, I'm going to call this right now because this also happens a lot. I feel like there's a lot more uh, comedy gags. There they're, are. They're, they're, the characters are a little more playful, and there's a little bit more of a sense of like slapstick to some of the stuff they do. You see Jiminy get into a lot of really goofy situations when this happens, like when he's kind of leaping around the toy shop. He sticks his head in a pipe at one point and goes like, <gasps> and like falls off a thing. Yeah. Um, bumps into doors. Do you, do you think that was because with Snow White they thought <clears throat> like people won't want to see an animated film unless it's like serious? I think it was more the fact of Snow White herself, because it does revolve around her, and they want, with Snow White, I think they wanted to keep her more innocent and pure, because you don't really see her do any comedy bits, with the exception of her going, oh, what a cute little chair, which was a very funny bit, but other than that, she's pretty innocent and pure. When you follow her, it's kind of serious. But then when they finally get to the dwarves, they're allowed to be funny. They're allowed to have gags and stuff like that. Yeah, all the slapstick, all the comedy is pretty much with the dwarves. And maybe a little bit with the animals, too. Yeah. There's some good bit. There's some funny bits with the yeah, animals. Yeah. With, so. with all these characters, though, it's all fair game. I mean... Yeah. Well, I, I think Pinocchio especially, because he's he is like a puppet boy. He can move in a lot of ways that a normal person can't, which allows for fun sight gags. Exactly. There are some really fun sight gags with him um, that do crop up. Um, I just, in this bit, uh, one of the bits I wanted to point out is when he's he he lands on one of the Jiminy lands on one of the cuckoo clocks, mm. and this one has a procession of like Dutch pe- people. There's like a man, a woman, a cow, and there's like a milkmaid, mm. and they come like rotating around the clock and as the milkmaid is going back in she like kind of looks over at Jiminy and there's this look like hey come on in like I don't know if that's intentional but he's like hoo-hoo yeah, he definitely yeah he tries yeah. to follow but he doesn't see the door is closed and yeah. he runs right into it and uh in the, and, and it, almost in a, like mirroring that specifically Pinocchio finally gets into the song and always let your and he trips over a bunch of stuff and knocks it all over and wakes uh, Geppetto up 
Yeah. This, this <laughs> and, is, again, a weird, like, brutal scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Geppetto suddenly has his gun. Yeah. He keeps a gun under his, his pillow. pillow. Well, and I think, but the craziest part of that, he pulls it out, and then Figaro pokes his head out from under the pillow as well, like, you had that under here the whole time? Like, Figaro's look is, like, terrifying. Yeah. Yes. No, I... He's like, I was under the pillow with this gun? What? <laughs> it's, and it's like, a got a wide barrel, so it's like a flintlock, like, blunderbuss pistol almost. Yeah. It's like crazy. Well, but he, he fires it. Yeah. He does. When uh, when Pinocchio yells, here I am. <laughs> well, and, and then he, he, he fires it because he uh, he's looking, he, Geppetto's look, he got the candle and he's looking up and around. Figaro's following him. And then... Figaro's been right under him pretty much the whole time. And Geppetto, mind, is wearing, like, a big, long nightshirt, slippers, and, like, a nightcap. And Ge- and Pinocchio introduces, basically goes, here I am, right to Figaro. Figaro jumps up into, like, <laughs> essentially Geppetto's skirts. And then it startles Geppetto, so he fires his gun into the air, and it almost hits Jiminy, and all the clocks in the shop go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So... But that part is that part is hilarious. Yeah. I almost and you you pointed out that when he lights the match to he light, he seems to light it strike it behind him somewhere and you're like he, yeah. he struck that on his but, on his butt but, didn't he? Yeah. That's so it's a six six butt jokes six butt jokes we're six not even butt jokes. we're still we have to put these in because um, spoilers no villain falls to their death in this movie no. so we can't use we already can't use the 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 plummet the plummet counter I'm no. To think. What kind of well, what kind of butt noise other than farts can we use for this counter? I don't want to edit those in. Yeah, (laughs) I really don't want to edit those in. (laughs) All right. right. The only time I'm going to edit anything in is when we get a plummet. Okay. That's just. I'm sorry. I just. I I already have so much. Kind of a plummet, but it's not really. It's not really. It doesn't involve a perceived fall to a to death. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the main thing. That the fall, is, yeah, that does really become iconic later, huh? Yeah. Uh huh. It wow. really does. It really does. It doesn't happen for a little while though. Yeah, it takes a break. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It takes a long break. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so all, after the initial confusion, we get Geppetto meeting Pinocchio. Yeah, he seems to take it really well. Yeah, I mean, he, there's <laughs> a point where he's like, "I must be dreaming." Pour, puts water in himself and then analyzes it. Oh, you are real! <laughs> it's my wish. It came true. And it's he's, he's such a happy... He's, yeah. he's, he's ha- happy and he's not, like, crazy disbelieving. He just immediately assumes happiness and then introduces Pinocchio to the cat, introduces Pinocchio to Cleo, the gold the goldfish. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about Cleo much, but she's just kind of in a bowl for most of the movie. But she's yeah. adorable. She yeah. is adorable. What, what I do find kind of interesting, and it gets cemented as the film goes on, is that... Jiminy is really staying out of the way of Pinocchio's yeah. journey. He doesn't meet Geppetto. He no. never meets Geppetto. Never. He, he doesn't really interact with much of the other characters. Uh, Just at Pinocchio, all. actually. There's there's one moment later I'll mention. Oh it comes yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still kind of our, our yeah, he's still kind of our audience lens. Like he's still kind of the voice for the audience. You yeah, know? and then he's also he's trying to act as a true conscience. He's he's his consciences are like invisible. They're not supposed to exist externally that's true right it's why he's so well it helps that he's so small and yeah. he can jump around so i it, mean you wouldn't want good. a rhino for a dog <laughs> no, probably not um that would hurt yeah so, so they're celebrating and then uh they end up in bed uh going to sleep and then uh Geppetto's like oh yeah you have to go to school why and you you realize pinocchio was just born like 10 minutes ago or half yeah. whatever and Pinocchio lights his finger on fire before that, though, oh, proving right. how yeah. naive he is, because he's like, look pretty. And, and also, it's 
kind of crazy, uh, uh, like, good foreshadowing. Yeah. Ooh, yes, that's yeah. actually very true. For for a couple of different things, but yeah. He, um, it's yeah, it's it, that's a good bit. That's also where the coughing bit from the <laughs> anti-smoking PSA came from, oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is when he puts his finger out in, in Cleo's bowl. Um, there's another bit with Jiminy dancing with a, a wooden woman. Yeah. Yeah. But Again. that's yeah. You know, that there's a little dance number. It's 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 good. It's, it's fun. We we talk about that. I mean, that's not. But it's, it's more more of that. We we've been in Geppetto's workshop a long time at this point. Yeah. yeah. And then actually, and I brought this up. We then move on to the next scene where it actually, like, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, did it, I mean? Was there before we move on? Was there oh. anything you wanted to address? No. Okay. No. Well, I think we got. We got it all. We got it. We got it. We're good. Yeah. yeah. We got this. I'm ready. I'm ready for, for the, day one. The day town. One. The town scene where, yeah. oh my God, the panning on that. And I think I brought this up to you, like, with this movie, it feels more open, where with mm-hmm. Snow White, we were really, it felt They're really still figuring enclosed. the medium out in Snow White. By this point, they're like, let's do something really crazy. So there's that opening shot of the town in the morning multi-pane camera zooms through everything. It goes through so many layers. It does. Yeah. It's really good. It's a, it, I, I looked at it and I'm like, as a kid, I don't, I, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just a thing. Now knowing more about it, I just look at it and go, can we, oh, this is exquisite. Can we, can we add a counter for this? Cause this happens quite a bit in we, Disney movies. We might like just a really exquisite multi-pane camera. No, no, no. Like when it goes through a town, like uh, panning through a town, specifically a town. Well, like, Think I can of, think of quite a few. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So this is the first that really does that, and and I'd say it's 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 beautifully animated. Yeah, yeah. and it it's is. kind of interesting because it you would think this is for like setting a scene, but it's it's kind of a generic town. As beautiful as it's drawn, it's not really like it stands out in any town kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like a, a famous city where like they're trying to focus on like an element of the city, mm-hmm. but just in that way that it's like zooming through the streets, it's like. That's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's you see, um, I mean, you, one thing it does kind of establish that this is the time of morning where all the kids, literally every kid yeah. in the town, is being sent off to school, and it's kind of a fun atmosphere. You see, like a kid rolling a wooden hoop down the street. There's some kids. I noticed that there's a tree surrounded by a fence, and there's like three boys looking through the fence at something that we never perceive. And there's another kid who's like, "Hey, what are you looking at?" They all kind of look at each other, and then they run off. And I'm like, I wonder what they saw in the like between the fence and the tree. What can we? Uh, what kind of sound could we get for this? Kid? counter like uh the you really want to <laughs> no because i'm thinking about it, i'm like there's a lot of like where like the camera pans through how about, just, a, how about just like a swooping noise okay yeah there you we know, go something like that here hold on hold on <laughs> it'll just be my voice going <laughs> okay um and then we get geppetto putting a vest on pinocchio and he gives him an apple gives an apple for your teacher <gasps> Notice that Figaro, in a rare bit of camaraderie, actually gives uh, helps Pinocchio get his ABC well, book. I think it's funny. Uh, Figaro isn't really... Uh, he, he's kind of like the jealous sibling. He's kind of like... Cause he, he was doesn't like, seem that jealous, though. No, he's, he really doesn't. But like Geppetto kind of accuses, of the, uh, accuses him of that once. But yeah. then he's, for the rest of the movie, he's kind of like helpful. Yeah. He is, actually. Um, he's a little... like he's a, The only 
character he's only a little bit like lukewarm about Figaro is Cleo. Mm-hmm. That's because Cleo. Uh, that's because again they've known each other for ages and they probably yeah. antagonize each other just in little teeny ways. But, and, and I feel like that's the weird natural enemy thing is yeah. a, a, of a cat as a fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did. I I I noticed this. The um, when Figaro does bring the book, it's like wrapped in a belt. Yeah. And I remember seeing this in a lot of old movies. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any idea why they do this? No. A book and a belt? They wrap like, in a belt and kind of carry it like that? I... I I don't know. I really honestly like, I don't know. Think, I Does that to, really help at all? I mean, you could just be easily you could just carry be easily the, carrying it. Yeah, I was trying to think if maybe it's something like if you put papers in the book and then you wrap it in the belt, it keeps it closed. That would make more sense. An early form of like a trapper keeper, but <laughs> it, it it's kind of nonsense. I I feel like back then they didn't give them papers to take home. They didn't have like that kind of reproduction paper skills. No. no. So it's it, it's kind of curious to me what what was the purpose of the belt around a book. Uh, listeners, if you know any information, uh, uh, contact us on Twitter or send send your opinions, please. We do have an email address now. and email. We've established a Twitter. We've established an email address. I mean, the last episode we did was uh, very much kind of a prototype. Almost, we we set it up without really knowing what we were going to do with it. Now we're here and we're established, and so there are places you can contact us, and we'll make those evident by the end of the the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So if you have answers, use uh, on, on Twitter. Use hashtag beltbook. Hashtag beltbook, <laughs> and hashtag we will. Beltbook. <laughs> we figure that out. <laughs> Let show us make that make it trend, you guys. <laughs> Hashtag belt book. <laughs> so, um, so Pinocchio takes off. Oh wait, Figaro... wait, wait, the best gag. Oh, you're gonna bring it up, already. Oh no, no, wait, come back here, Figaro. No, no, but he waves to the to Pinocchio like goodbye. He with waves the, with the cat. the cat in his hand, and the cat waves a little bit too. Yeah. Oh, goodbye, there's, a, there's a great little. You mentioned uh, puppet gags. Yeah. I just thought of another one where where he's like, no, let me turn. Turn around and let me look you over. And Pinocchio turns around, does a complete 360, but his head stays in one place, very uh, Linda Blair ass. <laughs> like, yeah. He stays looking at Geppetto, but his whole body still turns around. Yeah, I thought that I was funny. I wonder if that was like, I guess it wasn't scary at the time. It was supposed to be funny. It's well, not, it's not, well, it's, it's still not, not scary. It's very no. scary. It's I'm, a little I, I th- unsettling. I think we think of it that way because The Exorcist. Yeah. Uh, and that comes out much later on. Of course, yeah. And yeah. Now, and but it's now iconic in our mind, so it's probably like, mm-hmm. ooh. Yeah, you think of a three sixty head, you think of The Exorcist and owls. Like exactly. That's, oh that's yeah. Pretty much it. Owls would be a, probably a better example, but I just it's just it's so funny. Just watching his body turn, but his head stays in one place, so it's a little bit different because normally the head just turns around. Yeah. So that was a, it's a fun little gag. Um, so he's off. He's off to school. Then, He's being waved at by a cat. Yeah. And then who should show up but Our, my favorite characters they, in the movie. They kind of get their own little intro before we see them run into Pinocchio. That's, That's true. Which is kind of cool. The, in the original story, they were, I think they were just known as the cat and the fox. They didn't have no, names. they didn't. These I, two do have names. So, um... One of them's Gideon. The cat is Gideon. The cat is Gideon. And then, um, Honest John. But actually, uh, I looked this up. Honest John's real name is given in the promotional materials as J. Worthington Foulfellow. But the- <laughs> <laughs> I know I've heard that before. That's really interesting. That yeah. That's, that was only in the promotional materials. I've heard, you know, yeah, I have heard the name Foulfellow before, yeah. but I didn't know if that was actually yeah, it's in the his prom- name or if that was something that, like, uh, like people who'd seen the movie gave him or something. But that's interesting. J. Worth. I didn't know about the J. Worthy. Maybe he was named, his first, the J is for John. Yeah, it is for John, I yeah, think. Honest John Worthington Foulfellow yeah. is the fox. But his name is never mentioned in the film. 
Never. Wow. She's just called on a strong. Uh, and also, I thought it was very interesting. Gideon's a silent character. He kind of makes yelps and and uh, groans or whatever. And Anshan does all the and talking. Hiccups. It's like this classic pairing of the you know the quiet one and the talker. It's yeah. like Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Penn and Teller. It's Penn and Teller. <laughs> throughout, like, okay, throughout Penn, time. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. I'd say was even a closer analogy. But you're right. Like just throughout time, the 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 duo, the talky one and the quiet one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just off walking through the village and commenting about, oh, thirsty little minds running to the fountain of knowledge. Um, I believe uh, they spot a poster for Stromboli's marionette theater. Yeah. Um, how they've pulled one over on him before. <laughs> what, did he, what did he say? He said, remember Gideon when I sold you to him as a puppet? Oh, oh, oh that was quite fun. Like, it was like, what? We nearly pulled one over on that old gypsy that time. Yeah. I love the fact that well, because this is one of the tropes that I actually in, really enjoy, and I, it comes up not enough, but a couple times in movies, where the con artists are like, they do this, but they have fun with it. Like, Oh, you can tell they have fun oh, yeah. doing the con. Like, they're total con artists, and they're like, oh yeah, I remember that? That was amazing. <laughs> yep. Uh, do, do we want to have uh, do you seem to love counters do you want to have a racism counter no <laughs> oh we nearly pulled no. one over on that old gypsy yeah oh, there's no. definitely at least one other part later and maybe two I... oh there no no but when we get to Pleasure Island when we get oh, to yeah, Pleasure Island there. oh yeah <laughs> oh, boy. they're quick but they're there they yeah. are there um, now you mentioned in the original story they're just known as the fox and the cat yeah I've actually read the book Pinocchio and yeah, yeah. Um, is are they portrayed as a fox and a cat in that yeah. story? Mm-hmm. And it's just like they just pull one over on they're they're high they're highwaymen in the original yeah. book. Oh, okay. They, yeah. They, they, yeah, they basically uh, trick Pinocchio, and there's other stuff that happens. Like they trick Pinocchio into um, hiding, like uh, uh, like burying this gold and saying it's going to grow a money tree. Oh, it is a way to take like his money and such. Yeah, it's funny because I've never read the original, but I've seen a lot of different versions of the, the story and movie. As form. have I. It's dark. Like, um, in the there's some wild versions. Like, that... apparently. Oh, did you guys ever see the fairy tale theater version of Pinocchio? No. Uh, Paul Rubens, uh, Pee Wee Herman oh my played God. Pinocchio. Oh my! You need to see this. What? It's really good. Oh, it's my really fun to God. watch. Yeah, it's really... There's that other version, um, R- Roberto Benigni. Yes. Oh, that version. That's no. awkward. No, I've heard... He's like a 50-year-old man playing a little boy. It's yeah. awkward. It, that is weird. Oh. Uh, there's the one with, uh, I think it's Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Thomas. That's the one that I remember the most. Yeah. Then, there's a part of that one that I think is a really good twist on the story mm-hmm. that I'll, I'll mention later. Oh, yeah. okay. That's that's a, crazy. I, I think actually, I know the part you're talking actually, about, but we'll that, get to it. That movie's not too far from... The book, actually. I remember, I, yeah, because I remember, I think they have the gold-bearing part They do. Yeah. I don't recall, I don't even like, recall thinking that movie had some really creative moments in it, too. There's yeah. also a sequel to that film, which I did not know until Gross. I started reading, and it gets weird immediately. Gross. Where a character play an actor comes back, but doesn't play the same character, but plays that character's wife. We, okay. <laughs> and then there's, I'll just leave you at that. I'll okay. just leave you at that. And then there was another one, and I actually just, uh, uh, it was Geppetto. <laughs> Ge- Geppetto. Oh, Geppetto, of course. Where Drew Carey played Geppetto. Yeah, yeah. and here's the funny I didn't like it, but it was like, well, they basically got the whole cast of um, Whose Line Is It Anyway on there, so it's got to be funny. And I'm like, oh, God, this sucks. The only good thing in this movie is Usher looking hot as... <laughs> mm. Who did Usher play? Uh, he was uh, uh, 
The uh, honest John. No, oh, no. Okay. I can't he, remember this film that well. Uh, he was. Um, Stromboli? No, 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 no. The guy with the, that did the donkeys. Oh, sure. Oh, he's the, he's the he's the ringmaster of uh, Pleasure Island. Ring he's he's yeah. the ringmaster of Pleasure Island. Oh yeah, he sings the oh, song. Yeah. And, he, and he's shirtless. <laughs> that I okay. That's I fair. I really don't remember that, that film that well, but I know I owned it on VHS. Yeah. I remember that. I yeah, same here. <laughs> and case. I was like, okay. it, it's not that funny, which is disappointing because it's like Julie. They got Julia Louise Dreyfus. She usually really is funny. That's true. As the, that really sucks when they do that. When they get a lot of comedic actors and they're like, "Yeah, just just be serious." I remember. Yeah. I remember two songs. I, I remember two songs from that. There was and son, <laughs> Jeff Hedo and son, and yeah. then of course the Pleasure Island song. Yeah, because that was actually kind of catchy. They actually used "I Got No Strings to Hold Me Down" in that. Too. I remember that too because it was a Disney. It was like an ABC production. It was ABC. Okay. Anyhow, back to the nineteen, back to nineteen forty, and the movie yeah, at hand. Introduction of uh, Gideon and Honest John. Gideon so. and Honest John. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna stick with Gideon and Honest John because yeah, that's what they're known as, as in the film. It's a long name to go. I kind of like Foul. I still like Foul Fellow, but I'm gonna call him Honest John. So they, they're like, I love this bit. Oh, look at, oh, and they're just walking. Oh, wooden boy. Now who would a wooden boy? <laughs> <laughs> and just the dollar signs are just in, are in Honest John's eyes. Jay and, Worthington is like. We've got to sell that. We've got to catch that kid. We've got to sell him to Stromboli. And then they're trying to convince him. It's like, no, even, uh, you <laughs> oh, should go. There's the bit where Gideon pulls out a hammer and he's just like, no, mallet. And he's just like, no, no, stupid. Don't be crude. Like, they're just going to, like, bop him on the head and, and, then and just take him, him over. Stromboli, yeah. Yeah. But instead, he, they trip him with a cane and then, like, act, like, all apologetic to him. And like, they, they just say, stick a cane around the oh, corner. you shouldn't go to school? Become an actor. And then we get... Our song, An Actor's Life for Me. The other best song in the yeah, movie. Which yeah, which is really catchy. And actually, that song, the theme of it plays quite a bit in the film. It does, actually. You hear An Actor's Life for Me quite a lot. It's the villain. It's essentially the villain song of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Jiminy Cricket wakes up, and he's... He was late. He was late on his first day. day. How <laughs> relatable. He's Jiminy like, Cricket... You're so good. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> well, you know, prior to this, he was a traveling hobo. Do we even mention the fact that he, the Blue Fairy gave him new duds? Yeah, the Blue yeah. Fairy, when, when she, she essentially, like, knighted him. Yeah. Uh, and, and then he, uh, his clothes got all fixed her up. It was pretty great. He's, yeah. a, he's a real fixer-upper, that, that Jiminy Craig had. And then also, because the Blue Fairy does things half-assed, she's, he's like, do I get to be a full conscience, like a medal? And she says, oh, we'll see. <laughs> Make it a gold one? Maybe. Maybe. Like, dude, what the, what the heck are you dangle, doing? Dangle the carrot. Yeah. Dangle the carrot. I like carrot. to think that maybe she, when she has to go back up into the star and she's like, I gotta fill out this paperwork to get a gold medal. <laughs> she goes to talk to the other, like, fairies and she's like, <laughs> look, 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 yeah, yeah, look, Oberon, oh, dude, <laughs> just let me do my job. Yeah. Uh, I don't need all this bureaucratic red tape. Um, so Jim- we need more real boys! <laughs> but don't just give it to him. Make him earn it. <laughs> that what? That's what it is. It's a fairy decree that yeah. she can grant a wish, but she can only half grant it. Yeah. It's like... If you there can, has to be a condition. Give, gives him the time, her the time to fill out the paperwork. Now, something to be aware of, the condition of wishes in Disney movies. Yeah. yeah. This isn't the first time a wish gets granted. The, I mean, the, there's a lot of uh, a bit about, like, pure-heartedness. It's like yeah. True. Wish, yeah. I mean, the same, I mean, Geppetto essentially gets this wish 
Because he is so good. And yeah. Snow White, she got her wish in an unintended way, because she's like, I wish to be taken away by my prince. She eats an apple, essentially dies, and for her, it's like, I went into a coma, and then I woke up, and there's my wish right in front of me. Yeah. So, she got her wish granted. It just involved a lot of attempted murder. Um, so. so then, yeah. so then uh, Pin- Jim- Jimmy spots uh, Pinocchio basically going the wrong way, and he's like, no, remember? And then finally gets a hold of Pinocchio. Um, oh, I probably shouldn't mention the gag that happens where uh jiminy hops up on to oh, yeah. uh, Fal- uh i love i love that he jiminy's trying to get pinocchio's attention he manages to jump on top of honest john's hat uh and finally pinocchio stops and looks and uh honest john's kind of like what there's something on my hat he's kind of like flailing about and <laughs> that's where gideon uh, sees jiminy, jiminy kind of um gideon's gonna like get him and uh with a mallet yeah jiminy jiminy kind of does like a shushing motion like don't don't tell him i'm up here yeah and then he manages to jump away before getting hit by the mallet Whack. and then smacks this is on. this is the moment where i thought to myself this is where the slapstick really comes through in this movie because we got bits of it earlier but there's the hat's just like mushed on uh, honest john's head and he's just like yeah. and then opens up the house get, get me out of here but then, and then the way that he does eventually get it off is he kind of uses a cane as leverage on the edge of the hat on the top of John's head <laughs> and he uses the mallet to hit John's head so it kind of like propels him back into a tree it's it's like cartoon giddiness it's it's, <laughs> it's great it's such a good scene and then I love the bit before that so uh, I for, we forgot a butt joke there's what? one butt joke we forgot um, there's a bit where um, when they're first dusting Pinocchio off he's paying attention oh, yeah. and Gideon gets got pulls a, like a scrub brush out of nowhere and just dusts off Pinocchio's butt <laughs> and then re- looks into his pocket to see if he's got anything in there worth stealing mm. which you know John bops him on the head with a cane we like you know cut that out yeah. but um, seven wh- seven butt jokes seven butt jokes ah 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 ah, ah, ah. ah. So, uh, but then, like, while uh, while all this is happening with the hat, Jiminy's like, now listen, you gotta do all this. He's like, these, these, remember what I said about Temptation? That's them. No, that's Honest John. Honest John cuts right back, and there's him with the thing on his head just yelling, and I'm like, yeah. that's such a great gag. Like, be like, that, and it's him in his worst, like, possible, like, this is a blithering idiot I, kind I, of scenario. I think the funny part is, like, he's telling him, just, like, just tell him. Thanks for thank you, but no thanks, and then leave. And he's and Pinocchio's like nodding, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jimmy's like, "Oh, here he comes, go do it." And then all of a sudden, he uh, Pinocchio says, "Goodbye, Jimmy." <laughs> <laughs> Just like, like, what? Yeah, and they're off singing again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you go to the marionette theater. It's Stromboli. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a quick cut here. Where yeah. We, yeah. We we don't see what deal is struck. We don't see what happens with Gideon and Oz John. We just suddenly see that there's Stromboli introducing the show. And it's like evening. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like dark out. There's a lot of people there, too, actually. And, and Jiminy manages to find find his way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he kind of sits up on a streetlight mm-hmm. uh, and watches the show. Right. And then we have Strom... And then we, we are introduced to Stromboli, who... Uh, is a really entertaining character to watch. I love the way he's animated. He's he just, very he big wiggles and, and jiggles and yeah. like he's his animation is so fluid. Mm-hmm. Like other the animation in the whole thing is very fluid, but especially with him, he just the way he moves his arms. I just I I I give so much credit to the animators of this movie. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. He's and he's a big guy. He's a yeah. big jiggly oh, yeah. guy. And then uh, this brings us to the another, next another fact. Another no song. 
Oh, yeah. a song. Well, yeah, Stromboli introduces, he does this big introduction, he says, it's the only puppet that doesn't have strings. And uh, Jiminy's like, oh, that's quite an introduction. <laughs> like, Jiminy's even kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because this is the last big song in the movie. Oh, that's a good point. Like, huh. this is no, uh, I got no strings. I got no, no strings, strings to hold me, me down. down. And then he falls down. The, I, there's this really great bit. Where right after he falls on the stairs and everybody's laughing, Stromboli gives this... <laughs> and it's, it is my favorite part. He's just... I, I He's swear. like the physical embodiment of a tea kettle boiling. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it comes out of nowhere. Because yeah. first you see... Jiminy, and as soon, the moment it cuts back to Stromboli, he's making that noise, and he's grabbing Pinocchio by the lapels and just shaking him like, you're ruining everything. And but People actually love it. Yeah. 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 And then he's just like, oh, cute kid. <laughs> uh, just, uh, we're talking about the racism counter. Is, 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 but, but here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Do Stromboli ki- really toes that line. Yeah. He's a caricature, though. That's he the is point. A he's a caricature. <laughs> Yeah. Every, everybody in this movie, to a degree, is a caricature. Well, I would say this is, in in the sense of a fable, I allow some things, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's I a fable. I, you know, I didn't think about this, but uh, so I mean, is it because he's a gypsy? No, no. Mm. It, okay, this is 1940. <laughs> yeah. What's going on at this time? Oh. Yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. It's World War Two. When the Fuhrer says, "Be and, is the master race," and we then, heil, heil, right in the Fuhrer's face. What in the world? Uh, that's oh, it's a, the, no. It's from the Donald Duck. Uh... Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, this is familiar, but I don't... you know, Spike oh, Spike Jones was so inspired by the cartoon, he did his own he did his own version of that. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, but anyway, but like it's 1940s. It's World War Two. Who was uh, which three countries were aligned at that time with the uh, uh, oh. Yeah. That's well, okay, probably... is the movie, the movie, uh, I, you know, it's, I know this the original story was set in Italy, but yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm almost saying, like, it looks more Dutch. Like, everything looks more Dutch in the well, movie. Which is me. interesting because the voice actor for Strong Bully is Dutch. Right, you mentioned that. Yeah. So, and I I'm think... just saying, like, like, Geppetto's village and everything, it doesn't feel, well, maybe I'm being, I don't know, it, it feels, it feels like a Dutch village. Or yeah. not Dutch, but like. And Maybe then, I'm getting my I'm getting my wires crossed. I, I here. think they're it trying, could be Italian, I think but it's, it's those big Swiss mountains in the background. I think they're trying to just make it look like a European town. And Switzerland. Then, <laughs> it looks more. That's neutral. it. They want it to be yeah. neutral. Okay. It so could. It, welcome. To, welcome to Eastern. Welcome to Eastern Europe. Yeah. And also little bits of Italy. Welcome to Europe City. <laughs> welcome to Euro Disney. So. So at this time, it's just like, and uh, yeah, Strong Bully is a gypsy. Technically, he is a gypsy, but I... He's, he's still a fun character, though. Yeah, yeah he, he has some... Well, it, gypsies aren't bad. In, no, in, they're not. But as but they are cultural. There is kind of like a, a cruelty to him, though. I mean, yeah. the, this movie is like jam-packed full of villains. Yeah. Oh, no uh, doubt. Oh, yeah. Be- there's like a big finale villain, but along the way, Pinocchio runs into constantly people who are trying to trip him up and stop him from becoming a real boy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you know the 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 role of the cat and the fox got significantly expanded when you think about it because most of his troubles stem from them. Yeah. When you think about it, they're like the embodiment, like 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 Jiminy said, they're the embodiment of temptation. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know why a cat and a fox are necessarily the embodiment of temptation. I'm sure it's symbolic well, somehow. Fox are cunning. I don't know. Yeah, fox cat. is cunning. I think it's just because uh, 
they were it was a fox and a cat in the book and they just kept it like that. No, no, no I understand that. I'm I'm thinking I'm going back to the book logic. But that's that's one thing. Uh we were on a puppet show. I yeah. I got no strings. Um so I I I always thought it was kind of interesting uh jumping into a modern mindset that they they Disney brought this song kind of back for uh Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but you're they, right. They used it in the promotions and it was it was kind of part of Ultron's story. It was they updated it to be modern action movie trailer style which is gum gum. Yeah, yeah. I got the strings. Gum gum. And then like, also it's the voice of Ultron is um James Spader. Let's be honest, just hearing James Spader talk and then singing I got no strings. No it's just beautiful. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think I mean I think they're trying to harken back to this idea of like the 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 creation separating from the creator, uh-huh. but I think in the context of Pinocchio in this film, this song is actually kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. because he does have strings. He is now a, a, essentially a slave under Stromboli, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. He but because know he's it. naive to it, doesn't mean that it isn't true. He's naive to just about everything. I still he think it was a so really. Naive. It's. I think it was a, still a really and, bad idea to not at least acclimatize him to life a little bit more before you send him off to school. Mm-hmm. He burned. He was like, "Ooh, fire!" Yeah. And he lit his finger on fire, and it didn't hurt because he's made of wood, but he could have burned up so but easily. That's something you can uh, and when, argue when he, that he's a he does have strings. His strings are connected to his uh, nativity. or uh, na- Naivete? Yeah, naivete. Sorry. No, that's, that, that's fine. Say it. I think that's the, I think that would be the word for it. But yeah, I think I think a lot of the like symbolism or or irony or whatever of this of this song is stripped out of it when it's not put into the context of this film. I concur. Yeah, yeah. it's a different context. Yeah. I mean, it could still it still works, yeah. and it's kind of a nice little oh, that's fun, and it kind of reminds you, yeah, Disney owns Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, and then also, I mean, just going back to the film, like it it he is he does have no strings. He's free of Geppetto. He's free of his conscience. Right. Yeah. But but look at where that got him. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. I you know I didn't really thought of it that way, but that's ooh. This is why no, this is no, why we bring thinking, Andrew thinking about Pinocchio. This yeah. is why we bring Andrew here because no. he's a connoisseur. He understands puppets very yeah. well. Puppet logic. Now my question is uh since all four songs have been introduced uh and they, there's no songs that get brought up later on i mean they do a bit of callback but uh which is there one that you consider like your like favorite or i mean when you wish upon oh a star? this is making i mean i almost want to say i it's a for me it's always a toss-up between an actor's life for me and when you wish upon a star and i feel like it's blasphemous to say that that it's not when you wish upon a star, because I I really can't because they're both good songs. I I love the way high, uh, an actor's life for me actually sounds. I like the the bounciness of it. And I like the whack not wackiness, but like just the theme silliness. of it, the silliness of it. I I I think out of those uh, four, personally for me, I really like to give a little whistle. Like that's that is a good song. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, I think I might agree with you with Give a Little Whistle. Um, it, it's, I think, uh, one, it shows Cliff Edwards, like, real singing potential. Um, but, I mean, for the movie itself, I think uh, When You Wish Upon the uh, Star 
it, it's the classic Disney song. It it actually makes sense for the movie and everything. The, the nostalgic feels with that one are very strong. Oh yeah. Like I said, every time you walk through that castle in Disneyland, you hear it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And I know our listeners heard it at the very beginning of the episode. So mm-hmm. I mean, that just shows to show how powerful it is. Um, Back to this uh, the scene. Uh, yeah. So Jiminy, um, <laughs> upon seeing uh, you know his performance. Uh, he he, he kind of gives up. Wait, 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 wait. There is one scene. Jimmy is a Jiminy is another horn dog. So there's a point where all <laughs> Jiminy the, Jiminy horn dog <laughs> moments. So the pup. So there's a point where like the puppets come in, and then there are puppets that are French uh, ladies doing the can can. Oh my god! Yes. And then you see him like look, and then he puts his glasses on, and he's like, <gasps> and he leans in. He he like leers. Like, he's, he's been kind of apathet- apathetic about the show. He's like. Mm. He kind of looks over, looks away, does a double take, and then like a, a frame later, he's holding a pair of spectacles to his eyes, and he's leaning out as far as he can to to kind of uh, take in these can-can dancers. Yeah. These puppet can, can-can can dancers. A, a, a Jiminy Horndog counter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I don't know the, what we're like up to. Like a wolf whistle or an ooh. Oh, are, uh, is there a point, isn't there a port, point where uh, Jiminy's... Uh, you guys are going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be so much editing I have to do, editing all these sounds in. We love you. Like, isn't there, like, a part where he's like, well, <laughs> or something like that? Or, like, pardon me, ma'am, or... Yeah, you know, it's happened a few times. It's happened a few times uh, but already. I, or we could do the whistle, like, uh, the... <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, but yeah, he gives up. He's just kind of yeah. like... Yeah. Well, he's kinda, yeah, an he's... actor doesn't need a conch. <laughs> what does an actor right? want with a conch instead, anyway? anyway? That's pretty great. Is that some Hollywood commentary? Yeah, I think I so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, Hollywood has always been, you know, self-referential to an extent. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, this was, like, during the golden age, so, yeah, stars are big at that time. Like, the, the star power came around at that mm. time. Um, but it, kind of a couple of things happen all at once here. Jiminy's, like kind of walking away as the as the uh, Stromboli's caravan, whatever you want to call it, kind of drives off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also see uh, Geppetto. Uh, he had prepared, like, a dinner yeah. for Pinocchio, and he's not there, so he's going to go out looking for him. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. He's, um... That that dinner looked really good, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he tells, he tells both Figaro and Cleo, no, don't, don't eat until I get back. <laughs> and Figaro's ready to just go ham. He's just yeah. going to eat that... Like, fish with the melting butter. Like, th- that's some next level. Like, they animate the butter melting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what makes it look so good. On. It did. And it gets better. Oh, my God. And you don't even like fish. So. No, but the, it's the melting butter on it and the the, the steam wafting off of it. They There's did, other they, things at that table. Oh, actually, even the, like, chocolate cake. Yeah, very impractical the... chocolate <laughs> cake kind of floating in the uh, fish, fish bowl. I love the, that when bubbles come off of it, uh, Cleo, like, sniffs up the bubbles coming <laughs> from the cake. Like, oh, yummy. But, you know, Geppetto's like, and remember, nobody eats a bite until I find him. And <laughs> the girl's like, no! No! He's, uh, very, he's very sad about this. And Cleo has to kind of keep him in line. And then we got Pinocchio with Stromboli, and Stromboli's counting the money. I always liked this scene. I always like this scene from a just it's just it's it's funny. It's there's just like maybe that's terrible of me to admit, but just it's him being like, you know, you know, two hundred and he's like just kinda answering Pinocchio's questions, but you could just see the obvious greed 
like just filling him up. And then put no- I do. I mean, I I like it's a, another good sight gag where he kind of like builds a sandwich on his sword or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's or like giant knife. He like he puts like bread and then meat and then the tomato. Yeah, and he all eats it at once. Yep. He's like, and he's putting a whole sword in his, like practically a saber in his mouth. There's a bit that I didn't, I missed before, but I really love this. He takes a big old bite of a raw onion, swallows it, starts ranting to Pinocchio, and he grabs him by the lapels and is like, your face, she will be on everybody's tongue, and like drops her. And when you see Pinocchio again, he's got tears in his eyes because he just had to smell Stromboli's onion, or onion breath. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it garlic? No, it's onion. It's onion. Yeah. Okay, it's onion breath. But yeah, that's, that's pretty... (laughs) Will she? <laughs> Wait, I, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good bit, and then it gets really sinister really fast. Because he, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I'm going home," and he's like, "Uh, no, you're not," and throws him in a cage. Yeah, it's kind of a funny thing. It, it, Pinocchio is so naive; he doesn't even, uh, he's not even like saying, "I'm going to go home," so I never come back again. He's, he's like, like, "No, I'm, I'm going to go home, and then I'll come back tomorrow." Yeah, yeah. Like, let me go home and tell my but, father that I'm a great success. But either then, Stromboli is so worried about how his father will react. Or he's just like... Or he's so used to people trying to get away from him. Well, I mean, we already established that uh, uh, Fal- uh, Falfellow and or Honest John mm-hmm. and Gideon have already kind of pulled a fast one on him before. So maybe this has happened a number of times. Yeah. So he's like, throws him in a birdcage and puts a big rusty padlock on it. Yeah. Just like, you're going to stay here. And we're gonna travel. I'm gonna take you around the world. He does a, he does like a booty dance. You see his, you see the butt jiggle. So there's yeah. a butt joke. There's another butt joke. Are we up to eight now? We're up to eight now. Eight butt jokes. Okay. Um, my little wooden gold mine threatens to chop him into firewood. Yeah. There's even a moment where um, we see Geppetto looking for Pinocchio, oh, and the yeah. the carriage passes. We That's we see right. it go by, and as he shouts Pinocchio, lightning strikes, kind of deafening his shout. Pinocchio. Uh, and then at some point, though, Jimmy does turn around. He says, "Oh, you know what? I'll wish him well." Like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like at least I can do that. Yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought, um, Jiminy's kind of dejection of of uh, the whole dejectedness seemed very. Out of place for him. It just seemed very strange in that moment. Yeah, but then... He well, put, there he goes. Yeah. I'm done. There's... I'm done. Bye. He's a success. I don't know. I, it, I mean, it would make I mean, sense definitely later in the film, but it seems like as the film goes on, he gets more uh, uh, kind of uh, willing to, to chase after him and, and right. change his mind, which right. is kind of an interesting turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this isn't the only time... He kind of gives up on Pinocchio. Yeah. Oh, there's a the bigger film. one later. There's but a then, much bigger one. And he turns one. around and he says, "Hold up, I Hold saw up. something crazy." Yep. Uh, yeah. So he catches up with the uh, with the carriage, hops in, sees Pinocchio in the cage, and it's like, "Wait a second, <laughs> this doesn't seem right." <laughs> he tries. It's like this is this is a little weird. Uh-huh. And then Pinocchio, I love this little bit. He like misconstrues what Stromboli said. He's just like he he locked me. He locked me in here, and he's gonna, you know, he, he, I think he said, like... He'll turn me into firewood. Yeah. And he'll I, put my face everywhere. <laughs> he said he's gonna push my face into everybody's eyes. And <laughs> after he mines the gold out of me or something like that, he's gonna chop me into firewood. Hmm. I just, I, I love how he, he interprets that. And then when Jiminy fails to pick the lock... Yeah, he hops right into this lock. Uh, tries to kind of force it, which again, this is, I think, just amazing animation inside of the lock. Yeah, like the detail of of what's going on in there. It looks amazing. I like the fact that it's like, oh, it's kind of rusty, and he's taking off his jacket. It's like there's, 
I love the little details they put into this movie. There's there's other bits I noticed. Like well, they love to have Jiminy take off his jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he means. Business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. He he hangs it on the outside of the lock too, yeah. like yeah. on a little on a little screw. Although I find I, I was telling you this because he tries to open the lock and then it doesn't work, and he's like, "Nope, it's hopeless." I'm like, "Have we not noticed that the cage is made out of wood?" How is it Jiminy can't find, like, I don't know. Jiminy's a bit of a quitter. I think we've established it at this point. Maybe that's why he's a poor cricket. He's used to, like, going, like, well, didn't work. And he hops on to the next place. Hey, he's a traveler. There is a character arc here for Jiminy, like, not giving up on people. Yeah. He's ready to give up on Pinocchio, and then he's ready to give up on both of them. And then Deus Ex Fairy. Yeah. (laughs) Deus Ex Fairy. Deus Ex Fairy. I will say again, and I think this happens a little later when, when uh, when we see the outside of the carriage... Like, it is animated. I think it's all, like, not, like, prime animation, but you know how they do, like, background cells? It has that same consistency in that. With the background paintings. But it's in motion. Mm -hmm. And the way it moves, it's just... It's... It... I... It looks really good. Yeah. It looks really good. No, this very striking. This movie is gorgeous. It really is. But, yeah, Deus Ex Fairy comes along. Yeah. The the fairy... uh, Blue Fairy, she comes in... And doesn't she say, like, well, this is the last time I can help you, or something Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> but only after Pinocchio straight up decides, oh, I'm just going to tell the most outrageous lies imaginable, oh, yeah. without are, any are, prompting are, whatsoever. Are we not going to address the fact this is probably one of the most famous scenes, is when he lies and his nose grows? Oh, it is famous. I just, in context, I'm looking, I'm like, why is he, Why? I mean, at first uh, I, I get I, he's embarrassed, maybe. Yeah. Well, it was in the book, like, this was, like, uh... Uh, a lie will become as plain as the nose on your face. Right. But, I mean, in other versions we've seen, I mean, we just talked about the Jonathan Taylor Thomas version, like, mm-hmm. why he, Pinocchio lies to avoid getting in trouble at school after he's done a couple things. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get that. But here, why, so someone who's going to rescue him, why, why lie? I don't know. Because he doesn't know there's there's going to be any da- danger to it. Right. You know, you know, like two the, big it's, monsters. It's, I think it's kind of showing the failure of the conscience that Jimmy uh, has to kind of double down on his work, right? And even so, and, but his lie gets gets and his lie gets completely ridiculous. And he says, "No, ma'am, I didn't escape. They chopped me into firewood." Yeah, I'm like, I love the fact that as his nose is growing, like birds appear. Yeah, it it becomes like a tree. Yeah, a, 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 like a a nest with eggs, and then the eggs hatch, and there's bird, bluebirds. And then the next line that he tells, the tree goes from, like, spring to fall. Like, yeah. yeah. And the, the birds fall. leave in distress. You know, yeah. I, I kind of wonder, if he keeps lying, will he just turn into a tree? I mean, that's possible. I, I, I think it's an interesting play on, on the, I mean, they say it in the film. Uh, if you lie enough, it'll become as plain, plain as, as the nose on your face. face. And which, that, that is part of the book, too. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that it takes something as simple as that and makes it into, like, the nose growing. Yeah. And that's become so part of, like, Pinocchio lore. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what version you see, there's going to be a nose-growing scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, I found this very interesting. So, he, he tells all his lies, and the Blue Fairy's like, don't lie again. And he says, while his nose is still, you know, it's, it's fully grown, he says, I'll never lie again. And his nose doesn't move. <laughs> this has been a debate on the internet for years, and it's in the original film. Everyone go back and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'll never lie again, and his nose does not grow. No. So that's not a lie. So he never lies again. Or, it's when he says it, it is a true belief. Huh? Well, Chill I, on this, everybody. Yeah. Mm. I'm here I, with I those think, deep I think, thoughts. I think he's being completely honest when he says, 
he's 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 not lying to the fairy when he says I will never lie again because yeah. he believes it yeah. and she believes it because yeah. he's so convinced. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He, she's not the but, one controlling the nose growing. I mean, it's it's kind of it seems to be like uh, 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 what do you call that? Like breathing. It's like a natural <laughs> reaction to something in his body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, this is my last time. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the blue fairy is just like, don't make me come down here again. <laughs> and then she, th- it's like. My nose is back, and she unlocked it. We can go home now. Uh-huh. So they're heading back home, and it's daytime. Oh so wait, 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 wait! What? No, what no. Before as they're they're leaving to go oh, home, oh. and then we cut to the local Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually called Red Lobster Inn. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, if you get villains, if you want to meet up with some villains. Go to your go to the Red Lobster. If, you, if your boss happens to be an extremely uh, British coachman, uh, like Cockney British coachman, then you go to Red Lobster. <laughs> so clearly, um, Honest John and Gideon are, are fans of, of the Red Lobster chain, and they go to. They're kind of celebrating. They they, they got what they consider to be a big score. Yeah, yeah. and they're I, I don't know. I really don't know how they've clearly worked with the coachman before. Yeah, but they don't. We we don't really have it. Why they establish that they're there unless they're oh unless they're well, they're, they're talking to him about a job. Yeah, they're talking to him about a job because the coachman says, um, "Yeah, I have a job for you." And it's <laughs> honest, John's like, "So he wants to," and he's like, "No, no, nothing like that." And then as he's explaining to him, he says, "Pleasure Island," <gasps> and then honest, John and Gideon are actually scared. I'm like. Dude, you are offering to off a guy off. How is this bad? Well, that establishes they're not just con men; they're they're straight up assassins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I thought it was very. It's like this. Um, is he given like an actual name in the film? I don't think so. No, the the only time you ever hear him is referred, is referred to is by Honest Tom when he says, "Well, Coachman, okay. what's your proposition?" Yeah, he he um, he's like the bad guy that bad guys are scared of. Like he's yeah. like. I kind of like that his title is just the coachman. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. Yeah. Like, there's... The thing is, he's held in so much um, mystery, and that's good. I don't need to know much about him. You just know this guy is just pure evil, and whatever he's doing is not good. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't... it's so crazy like Honest John's like oh we pulled this big score pulls out this little bag of gold (laughs) yeah like like a handful and then uh, the coachman's like oh yeah how do you like to make this much and just it's like a bucket it's just so huge this bag of gold coins that's just shimmering and glowing when he drops it on the table the little bag actually jumps and falls to the side from the, the impact of the crash of this bag of gold yeah it's so good. So he's on some next level evil. Is, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like to, to the point where like his face distorts. Oh man, is the coachman Faust? Is the coachman Faustus? I don't know. I don't know. They, we, don't, we don't I even by the end of, of the whole sequence with the coachman, I still there's so many questions. Yeah. yeah. We don't know who he is. We don't know why he does what he does. Clearly he makes clearly he makes enough money for what he's doing. But yeah, he says, you know, he whispers something to uh, Honest John. Honest John, and then Gideon is listening through Honest John's other ear, and uh, you know he's like, and they freak out. They're like, "Pleasure Island," but 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 but, and and the coachman oh, yeah. reminds them that they never come back as boys. Yeah, that's when his face gets all crazy. Yeah. he's straight up telling them, "I need you to go kidnap the kind of boys that play hooky from school. Like, yeah. you mm-hmm. need to specifically go and round them up and convince them they need to board my coach at midnight." Mm-hmm. 
which again, boarding a coach at midnight, very mythical. It has a very fable yeah. quality to mm-hmm. it. And that's very, it's very spooky. So, and that's what they do to Pinocchio. They're, they basically just like, after like this whole doctor gag, they bas- they basically snatch him up and take him away. Doctor gag is pretty fun. The next, his next encounter with, uh, the duo. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a pretty good bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, Jiminy says, oh, race you home, and then Jiminy runs off, and Pinocchio doesn't quite make it, because they, yeah. they catch up with him on his John and Gideon. And Jiminy completely misses this happening, because yeah. he's so, I guess Jiminy is also very competitive, so he's just like, I gotta run, I gotta get out. Gotta... <laughs> well, he knows he's so much smaller. Oh, that's true. Even with his leaps. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, they do like a weird doctor gag, where where they kind of try and convince Pinocchio that he's ill and is in need of a vacation. Yeah. yeah. My boy, you are allergic. <laughs> and you need to go on vacation. To Pleasure Island. Um, it's funny that they're just like, they they don't bat an eye when the fact that they see Pinocchio again and that Stromboli is nowhere to be seen. They're just like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Like, oh, well. Doesn't he say, like, oh, I left? Like, he's just, yeah. they're like, oh, how'd you... He was horrible. Whatever. Oh, you poor, poor boy. Yeah, oh, yeah, he says, he says, oh, yeah, Stromboli was horrible. And he's like, oh, no! <laughs> Whoever could have known! <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, uh, Honest John produces uh, his ticket yeah. from his sleeve. Which Ace is, of Spades. Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades! Yeah, Sorry. clearly, clearly uh, uh not meant for that purpose. He had an ace up his sleeve for other purposes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You mean, you know he cheats at cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know yeah. he cheats at cards. Don't ever play cards with Honest John. Just don't yeah, do don't ever play cards with anyone who is honest in their name. Yeah. yeah. Not, oh, that doesn't bode no. Well. no doubt. Yeah. Honest in the criminal world is like tiny. It's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, do you want to meet tiny? And it's like, boom, 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 boom. It's like, come breaks foot. down the door. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. like, oh, I'm Honest John. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's your real name. Do you, re- you guys remember uh, in Muppet Treasure Island when they're introducing all the pirates and there's the one <laughs> big, fat, ugly-faced baby <laughs> eating O'Brien and it's and a, 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 a extremely, extremely, like, beautiful woman walks out and goes, I. <laughs> <laughs> I love that gag! Oh, and then and then Kermit so and uh, um, Sam oh, Eagle. I love it. Like their jaws drop. Like <laughs> the part's so good. Oh, <laughs> I love I love Muppet yeah. Treasure Island. We can't talk about it on this podcast, so we <laughs> no. That if we get if we get far enough, if we finish all this, we'll probably have to do a uh, Muppet cast. I don't know. I mean, it's not exactly. We should have Gracie on our Muppet cast because <laughs> she's basically a Muppet. Um, yeah. Well, Muppet. Tre- the problem is with the Muppets; they're not animation, so it's something we'll have to think. And they're about. like acquired by Disney. Yeah, <laughs> they're like Disney by second hand. We yeah. should just do a Muppet. Let's, let's, let's just continue to exponentially produce podcasts. Let's just yeah. do one with the Podcast three of us. Singularity. We're Pod- just, eventually, <laughs> we're us. always recording, and you're always listening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you'll find some podcasts we do likable. Right. Exactly. So okay. Where so, are we? Uh, we're they're on the coach. Lampwick. Lampwick. I, okay. I got my last fact fact of the day. Um, Lampwick is actually a caricature of Disney animator Fred Moore. Oh. So I find that kind of... He has like the Paul F. Tompkins teeth. Yeah, yeah. he has kind of like rabbit teeth, bug teeth. I don't know what you want to call them. Uh, I thought that was more or less foreshadowing like the later transformation. He looks a bit donkey-like. Yeah, yeah. and they, they probably did that. Like, the, Chance our friend more is like a red-headed guy and uh, probably has a similar face. Does he have like a like a Brooklyn accent? 
I have no, no Boston. It's no, more no, of a, no, no, it's more of a Boston accent. Wouldn't you say? I think it's just basically based on looks. Um, in New York, it's just a New Yorker. It's actually mm-hmm. more of a New Yorker. I'm trying to see if we can. See I lo- I really like. Um, I notice you know you watch the coach and you know why he's called the coachman now because he drives it. It's yeah. full of these kids. The coach is being pulled by oh. donkeys. Oh, you can see it. Ugh. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. So Kayla is showing oh. us a picture of the animator, oh. and yeah, I can totally see Lampwick in there. Yeah. yeah. He he looks I, like him. I noticed during that bit he's talking to he's talking to Pinocchio, and uh, he's firing a slingshot every so often. He's not firing anything out of his slingshot. He's simply pulling it back and letting it go for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Lampwick is the typical like yeah I'm a kid that just likes to mess around throw. Shit and... He yeah he definitely doesn't uh, listen to. I'll bleep that out later. <laughs> okay. He definitely doesn't listen to anything that Pinocchio's saying. No. Like, Pinocchio keeps trying to tell him, like, here's my ticket. He just can't, won't let him get that out. No. Boy, that's the place. Like, not, yeah, he, Pinocchio's so proud of his ticket. Yeah. Honest John gave, he, you know, he, you know how, like, little kids, they really want you to be proud of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. look, look at this thing. Honest John, Pinocchio's naivete is on full display again, but it's kind of endearing at this point. Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of learned his lesson a little bit, and he's just, a little bit. Just a, a little teeny bit. bit. He's been led straight. But here he's just like, he's still the innocent kid who's in it over his head. You and, know? And then Pleasure Island. A steamboat. A steamboat. <laughs> We're still wondering about the time, which has a roller coaster and a merry-go-round and a Ferris wheel. So it's after the World's Fair. I love the Pleasure Island scene I mean, yeah. so much. Or we have to believe that Pleasure Island is something like out of time. Like that almost, is possible. Like the idea of something called Pleasure Island is almost mythical. And, mm-hmm. and like... Especially if you consider, like, it's so dangerous that, like, they know, like, you know, uh, Gideon and Honest John know about it by reputation, and and perhaps other people do as well, but no one, like, why don't people go there to find it? Like, it feels like something that's, like, you can only get there if you're going there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, so here's, maybe the, it's that thing, yeah, the coachman is the only one who knows how to get there, Mm -hmm. and in order to, but, but he can only take people and transit there via the steamboat or whatever, which would explain why, like... When Geppetto goes out to find it, he can't find it. Yeah. 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 I yeah. And it seems like, especially because they pull up to it, it's kind of like a rocky shore. They file into double doors, and then the doors close behind them. It's That's by right. By Inkblot men. That's right. right. Gorilla Inkblot men. <laughs> they're they're, they're kind of like furry and gorilla-esque. They're, it's, it's, but they don't really have face shapes. They're no, they have eyes. these glow, creepy eyes. that make, yes. At first I thought they were like hooded figures of yeah, some yeah, sort. Yeah, I definitely or, thought that as well. They're creepy. And... I almost, I have a hypothesis. So when boys, bad boys go to the island, they turn into donkeys. Yeah. Boys what about become men? men, but bad boys become donkeys. What about evil men? If evil men are on the island, do they turn into horrible shadow gorilla monsters? Maybe. Maybe. Or it could be another racist counter. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to tick that counter up a little bit while we're on Pleasure Island. But that hasn't quite happened yet with the gorilla guys. They're kind of looming in the background and the coachman, t- or after everybody's in, yeah. he's he just like, oh, right, shut the doors. You yeah, know, like, basically. Yeah. Lock them tight. Um, yeah. so, and we, we see this, we see Pleasure Island and we see it's just all about if you're not riding rides, you're there's an area called the Rough House which is a tent where kids fight. Yeah. And Pinocchio does this great, like, I'm going to follow Lampwick in to punch someone in the nose. Yeah. And he does well, this, like, strut. And then also, like, when we see them, they're carrying food, but it's like, 
He's it's carrying just absurd, a, a pie. pie. He's like a whole pie and an ice cream. And an ice cream, like two things that I mean, I guess go together. But like a whole pie in one hand and an ice cream in the other. Like, hey, you're gonna have to finish the ice cream, eat the pie. Like Pinocchio doesn't know what he's doing. Pinocchio, no. Pinocchio, <laughs> a la mode is a thing. You could do that. You could just put it on. You're, you're all set. Yes. But it's like the kind of it's like someone who doesn't who's never eaten a certain kind of food before walks up and is like, I don't know how to eat this, so I'll just take a handful. Thanks. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, Jiminy has been tailing this whole time. There's actually yeah. a little bit when he was on the coach. He's just like, well, he looks at the camera. Here we go again. <laughs> I keep in mind, this is all happening the same day. This is still the, the, all this. Well, it, it could have been the next day because it said it, you said it was the coach at midnight. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's the next day, but it's still the same eve. It's still the same was, night cycle. Wasn't it like daytime when they were uh, escaping from Stromboli? No, 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 no. It was the night. The no, night. No, but it wasn't. But it wasn't it daytime when he did the doctor thing. No, it was nighttime. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so, so it still could have all been one night. It's all one night. Jeez. What? Yeah. It, <laughs> Pinocchio it, it, is created. He has the wildest adventure ever. In one day. Yeah, he, he goes to bed that night, wakes up the next morning, tries to go to school, instead gets shanghaied into a marionette theater, is almost kidnapped by a by a man in a, in a gypsy wagon, uh, gets rescued, is immediately shanghaied by the same two con artists, and ends up at an amusement park. Where bad boys turn into donkeys. Yeah. This all happens in one night. Yeah. One day. One day. And then it's think. not even done yet. He's still oh, no. trying to get off this island. Yeah. So the the main thing is, is you got these big icons that are like advertising stuff and they talk. Like there's the rough house, the rough house. And then there's Tobacco Row. Mm. Is this what you wanted to bring up? Well, because yeah, I the mean, cigar Indians. This, there's big cigar Indians in there. Yelling about like, come in and smoke your hands off. Uh, yeah, it's it's classic iconography, but it's not good. Like I'm not gonna no, defend it. No. <laughs> I mean I wouldn't defend it either. And yeah. then there's the house that they can basically destroy, which I, I was telling David. <laughs> the I'm model like, home open for destruction. Yeah. Which I'm like, David, that should exist for I think it does. Like like in... for adults. Like adults should go and be like, I'm having a rough day. Let's destroy something. Yeah. I remember reading that it, it certainly exists in, like, Japan or something, and they were think I thought I remember reading about one opening in, like, San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. They're few and far between. But it's it's basically you just get to throw furniture around. <laughs> I approve. Hmm. Uh, but where do they end up? Oh, uh, the eight ball. ball. Right. We don't know how much time has passed, but uh, it goes from the... Like, you immediately cut from the, the bright and shiny carnival. It fades out. When it fades back in, everything is trashed. Mm-hmm. It's dark and everyone is missing and it's really spooky. Yeah. And uh, Lamp. G- yeah, G- Jiminy's kind of looking for him, and I think he sees. Oh, he—that's where he gets distracted and sees the uh, through the door. Yeah. Right. That well, that comes a little later. No, that comes later. But he's looking around. and He's talking about how the place feels like a graveyard now, and he oh, doesn't yeah. know where everyone went. Uh, Lampwick and Pinocchio are in the eight ball. And they're playing. Which is a pool. It's kind of like a yeah pool tavern pool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's hall. also fairly trash. Mm-hmm. But not as bad as some of the other places. And, and Pinocchio, at this, again, we don't know how much time has passed. Could have been days. It could have been partying for days. Who knows? But they're they're smoking. They're drinking. Um, chance. I'm I'm gonna go with the whole fact it's in a day because it, you. It makes it crazier. Yeah. So they're smoking and all that, and then um, uh, Jiminy arrives and is like disappointed. And this is like the first time that Jiminy is acknowledged by someone else other than Pinocchio. Well, I mean, other than the Blue Fairy. Or Gideon. Oh, Gideon. He tells... He, oh, yeah, he shushes Gideon when he sees him on the but, head. But, like, he actually talks with Lampwick. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. 
Like Lampwick actually addressed him like, That's "What? Right. You have a conscience?" I think I wrote that down. Yeah, he said, "Who's the beetle?" <laughs> Who's yeah, the beetle? beetle? And then he calls him a grasshopper, and exactly. then Jimmy wants to fight him. Exactly. He it's knocks. Right. He knocks. They're playing pool, and Lampwick's pretty good at it. Yeah, he's doing some crazy trick shots. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Screwball in the corner pocket knocks Jiminy into a into the corner pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he encourages Pinocchio to take a big drag of his cigar, Oof. and instead of exhaling the smoke he swallows it Ugh. and he's just oh. ill you see him like clutch his chest and like oh my god Pinocchio if you weren't made of wood my heart like, well like, he's smoking and he's made of wood that's a hazard in itself yeah yeah uh, um, but well now you, you you've now made me question are his insides made of wood because there is in the doctor actually his tongue sticks out and his tongue is malleable it does not appear to be wood is there actually anything is there actually anything inside him is he hollow or is he just a a, a, like a does he have rings does he have rings when honest john goes to listen to him for a heartbeat he makes one up by tapping on the wall right yeah but he i think he also doesn't hear one right because he's a puppet. Don't question it. Just don't question it. <laughs> Just assume it's all magic. That's what I'm here for. That's what we, that's what we asked you here for. <laughs> um, but anyway... Um, Jiminy gets upset. Jiminy gets fed up. He, he has one of my favorite lines in the movie right here. was, you buttered your bread, now sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah, then, this is where he sees the outside door. Right yeah, yeah, and then he goes outside and then enters a door. Well, he says, he says all right, I want out of here. When's the next boat? <laughs> yeah. It's like doesn't get it. <laughs> no. And he sees uh, those creepy, opaque gorilla phantom blots mm-hmm. hauling a bunch of donkeys onto a boat, mm-hmm. and it takes him a moment, but he realizes, oh no, these donkeys are all transformed uh, yeah, boys. Yeah, some of the donkeys actually, are wearing boy clothes. <laughs> actually, one of the frightening parts is, so like, uh, do- the donkey slides down, one of the donkeys slides down, and he's like, and what's your name, boy? And the donkey honks, and he's like, okay, to the mines you go. And it shows he's these donkeys are going to the salt mines, which, by the way, that's a harsh punishment. The salt mines, really? Uh, and then the um, and I, you gotta you gotta realize at this point, it's like this is where the coachman gets all his money. Yeah, yeah. and he, then, he makes a somehow he makes a killing selling donkeys to people. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, there's these boys that come. This one boy that comes over and or donkey that comes over, he's like, "What's your name, boy?" Alexander. Oh, and that, you're like, this part oh is heartbreaking. My. Gosh, and then he throws him with the other donkeys that are also still talking, mm-hmm. and they're all crying for their moms, and you're like, oh my god, what are they gonna do with them? I don't want to know. I don't want to know I don't either. know what's gonna happen It's horrifying. Yeah. And then it comes back to Jimmy realizing, oh no, and it is going chasing after Pinocchio, or about to go after Pinocchio, and then it cuts to what I consider one of the most scariest scenes like i watched him like holy moses like this is like a horror scene this is like exact like filmed how a horror scene would like mm. lampwick slowly changing into a donkey mm. well then the the final transformation in shadow yeah terrifying that's frightening and he's, he's you know the fact I, the part that always gets to me is when he's, he's going mama mama yeah and he's just he turns into this panicking Donkey. Uh, donkey, yeah, who kind of he like jumps around and breaks breaks the mirror that he looked into because he he's just in a like blind terror. Yeah. It's like awful. Yeah, it's, you feel so bad for like, Lampwick. Like I was holding your arm, like oh my god. Yeah, I was like yeah. wow. You know, I don't remember this scene impacting me nearly as much as a kid and watching it now. I'm like oh yeah. Yeah, I think uh, another funny part. I mean, uh, I don't know how much you guys talk about Disneyland on this podcast. Oh. So the Pinocchio ride, uh, one of my favorites. Really uh, yeah. The, um, 
the, in the ride, this is the most terrifying part to me. Yes. yes. You, you, the ride, you kind of get brought into the crate, and you hear the off to the salt mines, and like the, the yeah. wall comes behind you, and you see the, the donkey transformation in shadow, and you kind of, it's like, the, or the, the mirror yeah, he turns, he turns around. around. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, yeah, that's a frightening. That's that. I always remember that part scared me when I was a kid. And it's and it's it's yeah. It is impactful in the film as well. Oh, very much so, man. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, luckily, Pinocchio has only uh, received the ears and the tail. Yeah. And J- Jiminy finds him, and they said they're all turning him into donkeys. We got to get out of here. Escape. They and- jump into the ocean. Yeah. Off a cliff. Yeah, they do jump off a cliff. They do jump off a cliff. <laughs> Jiminy mounts to make sure they're not being followed. So, like, we have to jump off this cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they eventually make it to dry land somehow. Mm-hmm. I guess Pleasure Island's not really that far from the coast. I don't know. Or they could have been at sea for a day. That's true. As is established later in the movie, they can breathe underwater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, underwater is not an issue for them. Nope. No. So... And then they try to knock on... So they run over. They finally get to Geppetto's cottage. Knock on the door. He's not there. Yeah. Uh, the place is covered in cobwebs. Which it was like dust. after a day? Yeah, no, so that's why I'm convinced more time passed. Yeah. yeah. But it's not really clear how much time. But some, some time has passed. But cobwebs, okay. even after a week. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um... How how did he figure out that he went to see your monstro? This well, is Day of Sex Fairy again. Oh, that's but right. This Except time the fairy, she, oh, she she's said, like, I can't help you. Here's a bird. A bird comes down with like a golden scroll with, with golden ink. It's like it's like, hello, you screwed up again. Well, let me give you a little hint. You ever heard of monstro? You no, were, yeah. of course not. You're not a fish. Well, Geppetto has been eaten by Monstro. Get to it. He went looking for you and was swallowed by a whale, which is really weird because he never, like, could you imagine? He went looking for you and was swallowed by a whale. It never specifies that he went to sea looking for you. Yeah. Geppetto could have been walking, like, in the in the mountains in the distance and all of a sudden a whale swallowed him. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. It just happened. Yeah. So we can kind of presume that perhaps Geppetto heard about the missing boys or Pleasure Island or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's where he... Uh... He went to go off to sea to find him. He went to sea, got swallowed by a whale, a la Jonah. Yeah, that's, I mean, was that in the original book, The Swallowed by the Whale? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's so interesting, like, echoing, like, a biblical story like that. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me, but, I mean, yeah. Um, so, Pinocchio and Jiminy go they into the water. off to sea. Go yeah. back into the sea. And they have to tie. They use uh, Pinocchio's donkey tail to tie a rock to him, so he'll stay at the bottom. That's wood floats. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and then and then uh, butt joke number nine. Jiminy puts a rock in his pants. Yeah, and he ever goes, "Ooh, chilly." <laughs> um, so yeah, they kind of wander around uh, the bottom of the sea. Uh, there's a lot of sight gags here where the fish are following them, bothering them, that kind of thing. Yeah. And but but a couple of, like at least twice they say, "Hey, you ever heard of Monstro? Where is he?" And then ah! all the fish dash off. Yeah. Terrified. Yep. Um, this is not a whale. Yeah. We see them wandering for a bit, and then we see Monstro. Ge- yeah. And Geppetto is inside of him, and Monstro is huge. Yeah. Uh, 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 imposing this insane, way too large of a whale, bigger than anything you could even imagine. And uh, 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 a, a group of fish kind of swim by him, and they the eye is what they see, mm-hmm. Monstro's eye. And that's that's so, for me, like an iconic uh, uh, image, like his right. eye. 
is I, it, it opens up and they, really? they run off. They it's a big yeah. cord, they know to get cord And then I love the fact Mantra's chasing after uh, and the fish are coming into his mouth. Geppetto is ready. He's like, yes! He's <laughs> catching the fish for food. And I'm yeah. like, this is his life now. He's just accepted his fate of yeah. Yeah, well, he, he had that because he, he and Figaro are fishing earlier before Monster even wakes up. They're sitting on a shipwreck. Yeah. yeah now, this is, we're to believe this is his ship. I, yeah, I assume Geppetto either was on a ship that he chartered or he bought a ship. Um, if he chartered a ship, I kind of worry about the fate of the rest of the crew if he's the only man left on board. If he is, if he didn't charter a ship, that's a big boat for him yeah. to go out sailing on. It's a fairly big boat. Yeah. Like but he, it's kind of like he knew he was going to be there a couple of days. Probably because he doesn't know where tr- he doesn't know where Pleasure Island is. He's yeah. got to go searching for it. Mm-hmm. So, so he's you know he's he's trying to fish and he, Cleo's in her bowl pushing rocks around. She's bored or that is she. I wonder if she's making it look like tombstones. Like she's making the rocks oh, no. look like tombstones. Oh god, Too dark. Like, I got that impression though. I was like, mm-hmm. she's already preparing for the inevitable because like. Geppetto's pretty bleak. He says, if the monster doesn't wake up soon, I'm afraid we're done for. Yeah. They're not catching anything. So, of course, Monster starts eating all these tuna fish, and tuna! Tuna <laughs> fish! Tuna! Tuna! That's so crazy. <laughs> I just love, like, Geppetto adapted so quickly to this environment. <laughs> yeah. He's he like, did. well, I'm inside a whale now. All right, this is home. <laughs> Dude, Geppetto's a survivor no matter where he is. No, yeah. Geppetto's hardcore. Geppetto's like... My a puppet's a boy now? Oh, he's my son. Okay, go to school. <laughs> I have to be, I have to, I'm in a whale now? I, this is my new home. Flexibility is, like, Geppetto's biggest strength. He can just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why he survived so as long as he has. But yeah, they're catching the fish in a big flurry, right? And yeah. then Pinocchio gets caught up in that flurry. Yeah. Jiminy, Jiminy doesn't. Jiminy's outside. Yeah. And, and a, another kind of good sight gag where he, he kind of knocks on a tooth. Yeah. He's like, open up. <laughs> Come on, you big oaf. He's just standing on... He's, that's how that's how minuscule he is compared to Monstro. Yeah. And Monstro's titanic. He's, yeah. he's in, immense. In fact, to the point where, like, he's, he's so big, he's just resting on the surface of the ocean after he's eaten. He's just relaxing. Yeah. Like, Monstro doesn't care. Yeah. But yeah, um... Uh, and then... It, it happens so quick, but like basically, uh, Geppetto's like, "Yeah, everything comes in, nothing goes out," and it's like, <laughs> it's "Oh yeah, like Pinocchio's well, just immediately like, let's build a fire." <laughs> oh, okay. First off, uh, Pinoc- yeah, yeah. Pinocchio and Geppetto are reunited. Yeah. After this, and then oh, they have kind of a goofy. Yeah, Geppetto kisses a fish instead yeah, of Pinocchio. Pinocchio. But then, yeah, he's like, uh, "Nothing comes in, nothing comes out. We'll build a fire," and he's like, "Oh, great idea." Pinocchio's grabbing everything. He's like, where are we going to (laughs) sit? No, Pinocchio, not the chair. (laughs) Crack. Yeah. And then realizes, oh. Oh, that will make him mad. I I think this is like a a weird thing that people don't think about. Like, Pinocchio's a pyromaniac. He is, yeah. like, obsessed with fire, and that's really bad for him. Yeah. Uh-huh. As a wooden boy, yeah. Yeah. Making uh, making him sneeze is a pretty smart idea. Like, yeah, that was Pino- very Here's Pinocchio witty. finally being a cognizant individual. Yeah. Really. He's like, actually Making his thinking. own decisions. Hmm. Uh, uh, so, it, I mean, they have a raft. So yeah. yeah. On the raft. Geppetto built a raft. Uh, the sneeze occurs. After a big, huge, like, that, that, that whale is, like, inhaling for ages, yeah. trying yeah. to, like, 
get the air to sneeze. And then his mouth opens. Uh, we got Jiminy's like, bow time! And then realizes, wait! Wait for me! You're going there! Yeah, Jiminy finally gets in and then he's gotta get out. He's gotta get out again. Oh, and of course the, the fishbowl and the cat are on the raft as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was so impractical to bring your <laughs> fish in a bowl on a fishing journey, or a, you know, a sea journey. Look, I understand yeah. you have to feed the cat and take care of your fish, but can't you get like a neighbor to do that while yeah. you go look for your missing son? I'm going to look for my boy. Feed my f- pets while you're gone. Does Geppetto not have any friends? Is this town just like, they hate him? Yeah. <laughs> Is Geppetto just not a popular person in this town? Because, I mean, they the fairy was like, you've done so many kind things for others. Is he just, like, underappreciated, even despite his kindness? Perhaps. So, crazy journey of them trying to escape uh, M- Monstro. Monstro is angry. The, like, I love right, right after he sneezes twice, he does this thing where he like flails yeah. before he does everything and you just feel like, I can't believe I'm having this kind of day. Yeah. Ah. yeah. The animation on the water here is spectacular. Oh well. my god. Like, just flecks of, you know, sea foam and water coming off of Monstro. Yeah. Every time he jumps in and out of the water. It's pretty crazy. Monstro is animated exquisitely, too. Because, again, like the gypsy wagon, he feels like he's part of the background, almost, that has suddenly become fluid. And it looks really good. It really mm-hmm. cements how huge and powerful Monstro is oh, as, yeah. a, as a creature. And, and it's kind of funny, because... Um, uh, I'm going to just keep bringing up Disneyland. I can't help yeah, it. Yeah, why not? In, in, in Fantasmic, like, this iconic moment of, you know, Monstro chasing after Pinocchio and Geppetto is, is so, like, crucial... It's so it's part of like the water, you know, explosions. Oh yeah, and and but it's kind of funny because they they drag it out for like kind of dramatic effect. Yeah. So it's like this music cue that's in that's actually in the film is much shorter than like in the show Fantasmic where it's yeah. like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's they like, just drag it out. It's for... just reminding you like this is Monstro. He is terrifying. Yeah. But in the movie, it's like it's kind of much shorter, but it's still scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Man. And then there's a point where, like, the rap completely crushes and everything. And I said the words, well, Figaro and uh, Cleo are dead now. Yeah, they're completely unseen once that rap yeah. explodes. And you're like, oh my god. I, I didn't think about it at the moment, because, you know, it's a Disney movie. Everyone's gonna be, We've seen it a million times. You know they're going to be okay. But then it, it hit me, like, how did they survive? <laughs> Especially Cleo. Yeah. Especially like Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. And um, there was something... Oh, was that what you wanted to point out? Because we were, we were sitting there like, hold on a second, I need to point something out, but I'm not going to say it here. I'm going to wait till the discussion. And it was yeah. right around that. It was, that was what you wanted to say, right? Yeah, about... That the cat and the fish are basically dead. Well, that, and then also, uh, uh, I was, there was like the, I was going to make a Nazi joke. Oh, because of... Yeah. Okay, okay, that's what it was. Oh, dear. Like, that actually came up in my head during it, but... <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, um... Pinocchio is dragging Geppetto through the surf, swimming frantically. He sees this little crevice in the in the shoreline, like in the rocks, yeah. where he thinks he can go through. And Monstro actually comes out, flying out of the water toward them. Like, he crests a wave, and he's in midair. And just you see his mouth coming to, like, at the camera. Yeah. And it's like, ah! Yeah. And he smashes his head into the rock wall. And the force of it is enough to propel Geppetto through, and he rolls onto the beach. And let's not forget, Pinocchio has just saved Geppetto. Right, he saved Geppetto's life. But you don't see Pinocchio, you just see Geppetto roll through and wash up on this beach. And then Figaro and Cleo, totally fine. Suddenly just, yeah, Yeah. here they are. uh, Figaro is like, totally scared cats splayed out on a a plank of wood. Just like, (laughs) 
<laughs> and then Jiminy's all right, and then of course Pinocchio is face down. That part's really like morbid to look at. He's lying face down in a uh, in like his a high pool. Is kind of like in a position that is not like good. Like, yeah. Like, ooh, he did not land very well there, and he, he's not getting up. He's not moving at all. That's the end. He's like yeah. he didn't drown. Clearly, this was puppet blunt force trauma that. Yeah killed Pinocchio can I, can I, I I do want to bring up an element from the Jonathan Taylor Thomas version yeah Pinocchio, that which which is the big difference I think where um, for some reason in that version Stromboli like turns right. into the whale yeah and so Monstro isn't Monstro Monstro Stromboli and that kind of, that's why he's chasing after Geppetto and Pinocchio. In the movie, I remember well, the the thing that was clever was uh, Stromboli is involved in the entire plot. Yeah, he's, I, I don't think he's called Stromboli in it, but like he runs the marionette theater. <laughs> I remember it's like I don't know, it's so weird. I, I, oh my god, I can't believe it. It's Larencini. Oh, his name is Larencini. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Larencini, he's the he's the the puppet master. He runs Treasure uh, Treasure Pleasure Island, <laughs> and then becomes Monstro, and then. The, what happens is the the, so, the boys go through like a fountain, and that's what turns them into well, donkeys. Well, he ends up getting splashed with it, and he starts turning into a monster, and he falls into the ocean. Right, right, right. And then the reason they realize it's him is because they smell peppers <laughs> when they're inside it. And Larancini <laughs> was known to eat peppers all his all this time. Yeah, because I think the I, one of the things people have been asking is why is it Pleasure Island turned these kids into donkeys? And they said, well, maybe it's what they drink or what they're smoking. Uh, and they try to... I, but there's this great bit where as Lampwick is starting to transform, Pinocchio looks at the beer, like goes, ugh, and throws it aside, like, no. Then he then he sprouts a tail, and he looks at the cigar and throws it away, like, in shock. It's just, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. forget. Well, I don't know what they put in this stuff, but I'm not taking it anymore. Yeah. So we reach the end where Pinocchio is lying on the bed. Geppetto's, like, crying and stuff like that. Deus Ex Fairy comes in. Okay, let's check in. Yeah, let's check in. So, he had to prove that he was uh, all three of these things. Brave, truthful, and unselfish. Mm-hmm. So, brave... Where are we going to land on these? Well, brave, brave because he saved his father and got well, them Well, see, out. I throw that under unselfish. Okay. I'm not going to let him double dip is okay, what I'm going to say to you right now. Well, we'll go with the bravery for the fact that he th- thought of a way... He decided to go after to save his Dad yeah, actually okay, yeah. He made, the, he made the decision to go after Monstro to find his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unselfish was throwing him through the hole and... Uh, potentially dying himself. Yeah. The now, truthful... That's where we're all going Is there end. ever a point where he tells the truth throughout and, and it... and it It's, like, important? No. Well, yeah. there's a point where... Uh, and honestly, they should have just... He wanted it. to tell the truth. Honest John gave me... Honest John Games. <laughs> well, because there's a point where Geppetto, while they're inside Monstro, he says, what happened to you? And Pinocchio goes, well, uh, but he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm like, no, dude. No, it does. Yeah, you should have told him because that's let, the truthful. Let yeah. him earn his, like, his real boy merit badge yeah. in truthfulness, yeah. Geppetto. Um, I, at this point, I think the fairy is like, eh, this kid's close enough. Close enough. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. I think bad. she feels bad for Geppetto. Yeah. yeah. See what's going on there? That that kid broke. That kid has broken Geppetto's it's heart. Like, in dude, more ways I was than trying one. to be nice to the guy, not give him grief. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. I should have made him a better son. So, Wait a minute. Okay, let's try this again. And then. Two out of three. So Pinocchio is human. Uh, you you actually said everybody quiet because you love this. Oh, guy. I love this bit because he's like he sits up. He's just like. 
Father, why are you crying? Because you're dead, Pinocchio. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> now lie down. <laughs> That's what seals it. Now yeah, lie down. Yeah. Now lie yeah, down. Yeah, and he's not—he's not even looking. His face is buried in the bed. He actually does a little hand wave, like "Not now." Go lie down, son. And I, this movie is has legitimately funny moments, and I think that is one of them. Even in the midst of like this really sad thing that happened. So then they do their little dance, and then Jiminy, he's like, "Well, I guess I'm done here." And then he gets spotlight. Four, 18 karat gold, baby. It says 18 carats on the bottom of the medal that he gets on his chest. It's yeah. great. That's that's really great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, and end with classic song. Uh, so, so good. What do we think of this movie? And you know what? Um, it's almost better than I remember. Maybe it's because we watched it on DVD. Mm. But I, like, I think the animation holds up. Amazingly. The animation holds up so well. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, uh, I don't remember if you guys discussed this with Snow White, but, like, from, like, a, a, a moral point of view, where it's, like, these these kinds of early stories were kind of, like, to teach kids something or whatever, uh-huh. you call it. Like, this this one really is about that. This yeah. That's really the Pinocchio story. It's, like, you know, don't don't make a jackass out of yourself. Really? Yeah. I mean, they say it in the movie, uh the the whole idea of like having a conscience knowing right from wrong mm-hmm. you know it's, it's I, a, I think it's I, all very important and it's like it's very good it's I, a morality play the, the thing is though watching it and knowing the other Disney movies I've seen it's like really this is like the top of the top I mean the imagery is fantastic the, the like the stuff that gets put in there is told well but there. Later on, there's some later movies that do an amazing job, and mm. I, I mean, I like Pinocchio. It's really good. It's it, I, I really, I actually really enjoy it. But I think uh, there's other, there's better Disney animated films than that. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to consider. I mean, obviously, it's like these these are so early that they're before anything became formulaic. That's true. And, and, but even though I'm not, you know, and that's not to knock the later films as like, oh, they're following a formula. It's like, no, some of them like follow that formula and they're very good. Like Mm -hmm. they excel in the songs. They excel in characters in a way that it doesn't matter that it's following a formula, but it's Mm -hmm. like this one's so early that it's even, you know, it doesn't have a formula. There's no, you know, there's no rules about like. Even like you're saying, like the songs kind of drop off halfway through. Yeah. There's no one there saying like, "Hey, can we squeeze in another song at the end?" You know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. I gotta admit, this one. Maybe this is another thing. This movie took chances. It did. Like a lot of chances that I don't think would have. I mean, despite like, if you think about it, there's some things in there that I don't see still being okay in the 1940s. Like. Really? Well, and it's like it's talking about the the vices of you know drinking, smoking, yeah, uh, overindulgence. You know, uh, it, it's kind of in a half half kind of way putting down like actors or puppeteers or whatever. Yeah, and not to mention again, uh, Jiminy with uh, Jiminy Cricket has his has his eye on, on many art, wooden women. Yeah. throughout. Well, this. I can see that being okay, but the fact is, they're, um, yes, it's being shown as like. Oh yeah, we're uh, this is a vice, or like oh like these vices are 
uh, bad and they get punished in the end, but they're still showing it in detail. And then they show the punishments in detail. That's usually it's a with like some of these, it's just like a oh, do the wrong thing, get punished, quick to throw. But this one is actually showing the consequences. Well, and then also in, in kind of a weird real world angle, Gideon and Honest John. They're not apprehended by the end. No. no. The coachman, he's still running Pleasure Island. Yeah. And Monstro, he crashed into a wall, but, I mean, he's not. Really, that whale is huge. Yeah. There's no way yeah. that he's going to bounce back from and, that. And Strong Bully still rides along. Strong Bully still, yeah. Cruising along, kidnapping, you know, puppet kids, whatever. Yeah. Like, or, is he still goes along with his puppet show. It's kind of like none of the villains get their comeuppance in this No, one. it's no. true. They don't. The closest is Monstro hitting that wall. Yeah, that's it. Monster's like, eh, I've run into other things before. This isn't a biggie. And maybe that's it. It's just showing the real, like, this world is still dangerous. And it's basically, there's going to be bad people in the world. But if you choose to be good and do the right thing. Hmm. That's, you know. I think that's very different for, I mean, a lot of Disney features. Right. between, Between this and many and many of the others where it's like. The villain is, like, everyone. Like, everyone's yeah. the villain. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's true. Well, again, we can't put this movie on the uh, a villain plummets to their doom. The, no. the plummet counter is still at an even one with the evil queen. No, mm-hmm. but this this film does have uh, the most forgotten Disney princess. Cleo. She has a castle. <laughs> oh, that's she true. Has a she has a little cla- She has a little castle. Yeah, oh, my little mermaid, my little water baby. That is so adorable. And he's petting her. It's so adorable. She's, she is a very affectionate little fish. She mm. she, she, she certainly likes... She certainly, certainly likes Figaro. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I mean, have we said all we want to say about this? I thing? think that just about covers yeah. it. We've We've spent almost... Yeah, we've spent a little over two hours now talking about this movie. Longer than the film. Longer yeah. than the film. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, this might be a, a good oppor- way to segue into plugs. You you were on a podcast that talks about the minutes of a movie for a, a minute of a movie for almost 20 minutes. Yeah, um, so I do a couple other podcasts, but the one you're referring to is the Super Mario Bros. Minute, <laughs> uh, where myself and Emily, uh, my co-host, we break down the Super Mario Bros. movie into minutes, and every episode we talk about one minute of the film, uh, and also part of our gimmick is that, to prepare for that, we watch the minute the number of times the minute is. So, uh, uh, we like, for, let's say, episode, or minute 14, before recording, we watch that minute 14 times. Oh my god. So yeah, it's only going to get worse as it goes on. Oh that no. For minute 90, we're going to watch it 90 times, and it's, oh boy, it's going to be rough. But no, we only talk about it for like 15, 20 minutes. We, uh-huh. we, but we definitely get minuscule into the into the nitty gritty of, of the background details of the characters and stuff like that. So yeah, Super Mario Bros. Minute, it's on the Benview Network. Uh, just like my other podcast... Uh, which is much newer. Uh, it's called Nothing New. Uh, it's a, that, that feels like an anachronism. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a, contradiction. A, a podcast where myself and uh, Justin Kizan we talk about uh, remakes. Uh, so every month we uh, we do an episode where we pick uh, we try and pick a remake that's something that's in theaters now, and then also uh, the original version of it. So our first episode was about the Mummy because uh, they did that Tom Cruise one, and then we also talk about the uh, 1932 version 
Lose 32. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Boris Karloff? Yeah. And then our second episode, which should be out uh, by the time this thing's out, is, uh, um, uh, boy, The Beguiled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the new Sofia Coppola movie. Actually, there was an earlier version uh, with in Clint the, Eastwood from in the 1970s. Oh, 70s. 71. I th- okay, I thought it was 60s, but wow. that... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we. I, I think it's a good show. I I think we have a lot of fun, and uh, there's more remakes than you'd think. There's a lot, and even like, oh, Disney's remaking their own stuff now. We might eventually all cross paths at some point. Oh, my I'd be gosh. up for that. Same here. It'd be so. That'd be really something. We'll have to pick a. I mean, especially today with Disney remaking all their animated movies as live action films. Oh my! I know they, there was a brief stint of that before. Well, they're gonna remake uh, Mulan. And yeah. they're also gonna. They're right now trying to they're find gonna do a Cruella Deville movie. Yeah, and Aladdin. Oh yeah, Aladdin. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny because it, it's not even. They've done it multiple times too. Look at the Jungle Book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, they're just gonna continue. Yes, this, this definitely. Is... It's gonna happen. Yep. So, yep. Uh, so that's. I mean, that's it for me. All right, that's all right. fair. Um, so our, uh, I mean. That I, they already know about I'm about the artistry on the Venview Network and Midnight Marinara. Chances are people who listen to this are like, no one. Yeah, yeah, well, by this point, I mean, those are the other shows. The other shows I do are Midnight Marinara and Undercooked Analysis. Uh, we are trying to keep this show more uh, PG mm-hmm. where we can. Um, obviously, there were a couple of flubs on that in the first episode, but again, that was still us trying to get our kind of get our grounding with that. But if you want to hear me being completely no filters, uh, you can go listen to Undercooked Analysis for that. Um, but yeah, um, our next film uh, we're going to be reviewing Fantasia, and uh, can we say the guess? Uh, yes, you can. We're going to be reviewing Fantasia with uh, Abysme from Raygun Readers. Which is awesome because he's actually a musician, so to hear his point of view about the music is gonna be great. That's clear. It's all about them it's all about the music of Fantasia. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us for this one. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you for providing the movie too. (laughs) (laughs) That really helps. Um, but yeah, so until uh, next time, everybody. I don't you know, I don't I haven't yet thought of a good, consistent way to do an outro for this show we might want to establish that yeah um what is uh is there like a goodbye Disney style or something like that I'm trying to think is there like a goodbye song uh, but you don't want to just sing a Disney song no 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 no, no, no. uh something like did are you against bad puns no no not on this show no this has been an amusing time this, this has been an, <laughs> this has been an amusing time thank you and good night there should be a fireworks show at the end, though. <laughs> you know, a good night kiss, as Walt would call it. podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.